operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Excellent, my friend. Before we hit the news and our big topic for this podcast, what we can do to fix the comic industry. Uh, first, let's do a little housekeeping. As always, you can go to uh, the Comic Revolution website, comicrevolution.com, for all the reviews that your heart so desires. <laughs> I believe that uh, Kevin's probably just posted one on Nightwing, I believe. Pretty good issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter, at Comic Revolution. You can go to the Comic Revolution's page on Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe to the Comic Revolution podcast on Apple iTunes, of course. And you can check me out on Twitter, at Rock2K's Revolution. And Steven? And you can find me at President Glover on Twitter. And I'm back. Yes. And still not very active, which is not a bad thing. Oh, uh, that's okay. I, uh, I have returned. Yes, so yes. Social go. media in controlled doses is okay. Yes. But in very controlled doses. Only okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I noticed I didn't say great. It will I never okay. be great, but it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, there's not much in the news going on, though. C2E2 is about to kick off um, today. So mm-hmm. being Saturday, I'm sure tons of news is going to come out after we record this podcast. Yeah, or during. <laughs> or during. That's right. And uh, it, WrestleMania is tomorrow, so you know I'm ready for some wrestling tomorrow. Yes, the Super Bowl of wrestling. This is the biggest event in wrestling uh, in the wrestling calendar, year calendar, of course. It's great. We got all sorts of good ones. We got AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Steven, are you excited for that? Um I'm look I'm looking forward to seeing your Twitter feed where you eventually complain about what's going on, but you still watch it anyway. So we um we also what's what else is going to be exciting? Um we have Braun Strowman, who is who is like the baby face that everybody loves. He's <laughs> massive, okay? Mm-hmm. Think the Hulk, but with uh, more personality. <laughs> and uh, who everybody wants, but we're, we can't get because of Roman Reigns. Uh, he's going to be in the tag team match uh, by himself. Because hmm. he doesn't need a partner. They're going to give him a partner. We just don't know who it is. Right. Uh, we're also going to have Daniel <laughs> Bryan back in the ring after Two and a half years. Daniel Bryan, he is like, what would he be in the comic world? He would be Spider-Man. Hmm. He is the every man that is massively popular, that everyone relates with, with, and everyone loves. And he struggles and has to fight, 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 fight for everything. So when he finally wins, you really feel like he's achieved something, <laughs> right? Very much like Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Right. That is, that is the best analogy for him. But, of course, we can't have him in the spotlight because... We got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in the main event. There we go. Yeah, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Everybody knows Brock Lesnar is leaving to go back to UFC. So there is, Mm -hmm. we knew Roman Reigns was winning because, duh, Roman Reigns. (laughs) And, uh, but now, you know, the fact that it's, you know, Dana White of UFC has already come out and said, yeah, Brock's coming back. It's like, well, okay. Even for like the, even for the uh, fans out there who aren't in the know, they're kind of figured out, uh, okay. So Carol Danvers, I mean, Roman Reigns mm-hmm. will be coronated. Yes, lovely. But even still, mm-hmm. WrestleMania, good time, Steven. Prepare for my tweets. <laughs> I think in the honor, I will watch The Wrestler again, the one with Mickey Rourke that's really sad and depressing. I yes. think I'll watch that one. Yes, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> the only real little bits of news I wanted to tackle. Uh, 
before we got to our main topic on how to fix the comic industry, uh, one, they've released um, some early tracking numbers for Avengers Infinity War. That's the next big movie. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone's going to be looking at. Uh, this is uh, Disney's big chance to just split the box office in half and possibly even top uh, or at least come close. Uh, I think it'll for sure top um, the start, the last Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I may come close to Star Wars Force Awakens. Hmm. I think it'll top Last Jedi, though. I do think that. Yeah, I think that's a good, and, a good bet. I, and it'll for sure top um, the first Avengers movie, yes. Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the early tracking numbers for the April 27th release, domestic numbers, okay? These mm-hmm. are domestic opening weekend numbers right. have it around the 200 million mark with the possibility of it going even higher. Right. That's shocking. The the uh, Is it really though? Well, no, wait, no, it's <laughs> Disney. Uh, the earliest the the uh, current record holder for the all-time record of of April for an opening date in April is Fast is a uh, 2015's Furious Seven, which yes. clocked in at 147 million. That for sure is getting broken. Yeah, it that was for also, sure is getting broken. It was also the fastest movie to make a billion dollars. Yes, it took two weeks. So that's right. Good for you, Vin Diesel. That's right. Oh, The Rock. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, in in the Vin Diesel Rock feud, I'm taking the Rock side. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's funny. Everybody's paying attention to that more than The Rock and Tyrese. Yes. Like, even The Rock doesn't pay attention to that. So. Ah, <laughs> nobody pays attention to Tyrese. Come on. No. Let's be honest here. Uh, so anyhow, that's going to be a ridiculous number, Stephen. I'm really excited. You know what? You and I, we both love movies, and uh, mm-hmm. we both love the whole box office number tracking. Yes. It's just fascinating stuff. I mean, it has nothing to do with whether it's a good movie or not. No. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. But, but, it, but it, it's clearly an indicator for how popular the movie is with the general public. Mm-hmm. Clearly. And that's right. that counts for a lot because that's how you make your money. Really curious to see how, if Infinity War builds off, maybe some movie viewers <laughs> who maybe weren't huge into Marvel comics saw Black Panther, liked what they saw, and are now going to dip their toe into Avengers Infinity War. Who knows? Or maybe, right. or maybe not. I, I don't know. I think Avengers has become one of the, quickly becoming one of those franchises that uh, might, uh, for, for, okay, for a certain generation, i.e., my sons, Generation <laughs> Z, not not the Millennials and not Gen X. Right. For Gen X and the Millennials, Star Wars will be a bigger franchise than the Avengers. That's just who they grew up with. Mm-hmm. But for Generation Z, I hate to say this, I think Avengers is the bigger franchise for Generation Z. Now, mm-hmm. Generation X and Millennial parents force feed Star Wars on their children. Yeah. I see that all the time. I mean, with my friends, with associates on, online. Right. A lot of what you see Generation Z, quote-unquote, liking Star Wars is because they're being force-fed by their millennial and Gen X parents Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what I think what organically grows from Generation Z is their love for Avengers. Mm-hmm. And, and at least the Marvel Studio movies, the Marvel movies, the MCU movies, are clearly, without a doubt, Generation Z's Star Wars. And they love them more than Star Wars. Well, that's the thing. Are we? And that's because you know Generation X had the original Star Wars trilogy, right? Which is great. Yep. Generation the Millennials had the prequels, which we that's loved right. as kids, right? And hated when we found out they were crap, right? So it'll be interesting to see how 
they are ref- the Marvel movies are reflected upon later, but I'm not going to deny that I think you are correct. Yeah, yeah, hugely popular. So yes. I, I, I would expect I would expect this uh, movie just to be bonkers, crazy numbers. It's going to be fun to watch. Yes, um, it will be interesting because I think the one thing it doesn't have that Black Panther did have is mm-hmm. that for a lot of people it was an event. And not only an event, an obligation. Yes, I agree. That, that's fair so point. So I think, I mean, I think it's going to do great numbers. It's going to be super close. Disney's got whatever in the bag. We oh, all know yeah. that. They all, they've they've rigged the game already to yeah. where they're never going to not make money. Yeah, exactly. But um, it'll be interesting to see because there are some factors that it doesn't have, like like the audiences that are, might be coming from Black Panther are probably going to be completely confused. As to what's going on, if you are a new, if you have not seen the prior yeah. MCU movies, Avengers, this new Avengers movie will be a little difficult to follow. <laughs> Just a little bit, a little difficult unless to they take an absurd amount of time to explain, which would which kill would kill the, the movie, movie. Though, yes. yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, the next little bit of news I just wanted to touch on, sure, it caught my eye, and hopefully, we'll get more news out of C two E two. Okay, this came out of the uh, Marvel's next big thing. Uh, panel, uh, and this at uh, Brevort, senior VP Brevort. That's just uh, our favorite person. Yeah, he uh, evidently. I don't read Spider Man Two. Okay, I didn't read it, but evidently uh, it has been revealed that the Ultimate Universe was still around, and now huh. Brevort has basically revealed that Marvel has big plans for the Ultimate Universe. And he, uh, they're not quite ready to reinstate it just yet. Um, and I think the reason for that is I think they are honoring Brian Bendis and allowing him to finish his story on uh, Miles Morales' title. Right. Okay. And I think uh, just out of, out, and I, I respect that, out, out of, uh, for, for all the, uh, Problems that Bendis has brought in terms of falling sales numbers and and uh, and, and really hurting the industry with his style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> still, when he did first come on to Avengers, it was massively popular and it did sell very well up until around Secret Invasion, and that's when the wheels came off with that right. style of storytelling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, but the fact is, he's been a very loyal so- soldier for Marvel, very very loyal, yeah. and I respect that Marvel is honoring. Uh, a long-time writer, and allowing him to finish out uh, his story with his pet character, because that's that's why Miles exists. That's his pet character, mm-hmm. and Marvel let him have it. Yeah. Which, again, I have complete respect for. You do that for certain writers. Yeah. And I like that they're allowing him to, to finish his story. I think once he is done and Bendis is gone, then you will see the Ultimate Universe reintroduced, which makes perfect sense. I never really understood why they junked it in the first place. I get maybe streamlining it a bit. That's always a good thing. Streamlining is fine, but I, don't, I think junking it was a little premature. Mm-hmm. Um, what they what they hinting at, I think, um, is that you know the series Spider Man Two ended with a a special two page spread illustrated by the original Ultimate Spider Man artist Mark Bagley, mm-hmm. who is awesome. Yes. And it presented a reformed Ultimate Universe that included new characters like Riri Williams. Okay. 
So right. this, this is what I'm thinking, Stephen. Bendis is gone. You bring back the Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe is where you put all the all-new, all-different characters that nobody likes. I mean, let's be honest. Not many people enjoy. Okay? You got your, definitely have a niche mm-hmm. audience. And the sales numbers back it up. We're not sure. making this up. Sure. I mean, if, if they were popular, they would sell a lot of issues. They don't. Right. <laughs> so it is what it is, people. Internet can get upset. Mm-hmm. Sales numbers don't lie. Right. People like to claim they like things, but they don't buy it. Sure. Because it makes them feel good by saying they like it. Of course. Yeah. You know, that's social media, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think they, they put Miles Morales back over into the Ultimate Universe where he can be his own star and not be overshadowed by Peter Parker, who is not going anywhere. Look at the sales numbers. It's not even close. Right. Um, so you let Miles shine in his own universe. You bring Riri Williams over, who is also not popular and doesn't sell worth a dang. Right? <laughs> You right. give her the opportunity to be her own character in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe. You bring over, maybe you bring Miss uh, Marvel over, who also does not sell at all. Right. And she could be her own character, free from the baggage of the regular 616 Universe. Maybe mm-hmm. you bring over uh, America. You bring, there's a right. whole host of characters you can shunt over to the Ultimate Universe <laughs> where they can um, grow and blossom into their own characters, free from... The being overshadowed by the 616 characters right. and history. And you can also, you know, if they're the ultimate universe titles, you can, Marvel can label, can treat the ultimate universe titles kind of like how DC treats the Vertigo titles. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're their own continuity. Mm-hmm. They're separate. Yes. And not only that, uh, DC, because if you put a comic under the Vertigo banner, then uh, you don't have to worry about low sales numbers because it's Vertigo. Right. Right. And uh, and DC can rationalize, hey, it's a Vertigo title. It's not supposed to sell big numbers, yeah. period. Um, so you, you shield the comic from being criticized by bad numbers or right. low sales numbers. Mm-hmm. And you shield it from being heavily scrutinized for those low numbers internally because internally your corporate structure goes, up. Oh, these are Vertigo titles. We plan on them only selling you know, sub 20,000 a right. month. That's what we, we're okay with that. Uh-huh. Marvel can do the same thing with Ultimate Universe titles. They can treat them like Vertigo titles. Hey, these are our niche titles. Right. The Ultimate Universe titles are titles where we try out uh, new things. These are the titles where you can try out new characters, mm-hmm. new concepts. Mm-hmm. You can use the Ultimate Universe titles as titles to try out new writers, new artists. Sure. To see if they have the chops to be given a more higher-profile, better-selling title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And sure. you're tr- and so you have this separate universe and this separate line of comics that don't have to sell as well, mm-hmm. and where you can roll out new characters and see what's the reaction. And without messing up the 616 universe mm-hmm. and without pissing off your um, core audience. I think it's actually a really smart idea. I think it... It it it, I think it satisfies, uh, it satisfies everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're a fan of one of those niche titles, they're not going away. Mm-hmm. They're just over here. And if you're not a fan of them, hey, you don't have to read them. They don't have anything to do with six one six universe. You might get a crossover once in a while, like how Earth One had a crossover with Earth Two in DC. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. You just comic companies can't help themselves. Mm, yeah. <laughs> But that's just my take on it. What do you think? Um, I think that all sounds great. Um, uh, I don't think Marvel will do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Marvel has the balls 
to shunt all those characters off. Right. And face the wrath of an internet going, oh, so now this character isn't worthy of being an Avenger, blah, 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 blah. Marvel's saying something to this particular audience and blah, 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 blah. No, it's, it's, they're not going to do that. Um, the, <laughs> the Ultimate Universe, you know, fresh start, new ideas. Fresh start, baby. I think it's just going to be... It's we gonna sell be a repeat. And make memories. Uh, that that's their new tagline. <laughs> Selling comics, making, making memories. memories. <laughs> yeah, making memories of when they used to be good. Oh god. Oh, god. Um, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. That can I can I just comment on that? Oh, sidebar. Like, that is that is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Come. I mean, Marvel. Marvel's had some bad press. <laughs> Holy crap. That was awful. I don't know why you making comics. Like, making yeah, no, comics. duh, idiots. We yeah, know you make we, comics. We know you sell comics. <laughs> Thanks for letting all you do. Because if there's anything the audience loves, it's reminding us that oh, there's a corporate, a soulless corporation behind my comic books. Thank you very much. Um, making memories. They should have literally just written, "We're old men who don't know what we're doing anymore." Uh, I think what they should have done is what they got a great tagline. Marvel, yeah. House of Ideas. Boom. Yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. That's a great tagline. That's a fantastic yeah. tagline. Exactly. Why would you ever do anything but Marvel, House of Ideas? That yeah. gets across the essence of Stanley and Jack Kirby, which yep. people want to admit it or not, the fact is the Marvel universe is all mm-hmm. about Stanley and Jack yeah. Kirby. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. That create it's not like DC doesn't really DC's universe isn't patterned after a couple of creators. No. Marvel's is. Mm-hmm. Like it or not. Yeah. House of Ideas honors that tradition. Yeah. Uh selling comics, making, making memories. memories. It's just yeah. stupid. <laughs> what? It literally sounds like something some drunk guy says in a movie when he's trying to come up with a tagline. Oh, we're doing this, do that, man. Yeah. We're Marvel Com- what do we do, guys? Well, we sell comics. There you go. That's the first part of the tagline. Oh, my God. Selling comics because nobody knows that yeah. we do that. And what else do we do? Our comics make memories. Making memories. Yeah. Like, so what? let's. Yeah, Making so- memories that we can later reboot and ignore and yeah. piss off our fans about. Yeah. So let's uh, first. So first of all, let's not go with the alliteration that the second half does, which is very odd. Yes. Um, selling stories, perhaps, yeah. or sharing stories, making memories. I don't yes. know. It's 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 just inept on every single possible level. Don't Marvel uh, tell me that was your late April Fool's joke. <laughs> just say. Earth's Mightiest Heroes or something. I don't know. Uh, don't, or just don't stick with that. House of Ideas and move on. Yeah, uh, uh, lie to us and tell us <laughs> that you're the House of Ideas. Right, even if your ideas are pretty pretty generic. Are lame. Guys, I got a good idea. We're going to combine Hulk and Wolverine. Yeah. Guys, I got a good idea. We're going to take Wolverine, but make him a woman. Huh. <laughs> well, so creative, guys. Yeah. Hey, guys, <laughs> we're going to bring back the Ultimate Universe. But wait, don't we have all these Ultimate characters still in the regular universe? So we're not, no, we're not talking. No, nobody so, reads those anyway. So uh, we can do this anyway. We so can do this now. You Are you convinced? Do you think any of the, right, do you think that at the very least, let me put this to you. Let me, let me, let me throw this at you. No. Do you think at the very <laughs> least, you're like, nope, nope, nope. Do you think at the very least that Marvel takes, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Hudson, mm-hmm. Miles Morales, 
and Nick Fury Jr. puts him in the Ultimate Universe. No. No. Yeah, it, the, okay. no, Marvel has never s- met a derivative character that they would not shove in every comic book possible. Okay. All right. So you're not seeing that at all. So do you think the Ultimate no. Universe will be totally new characters then? I'm thinking it's pick- going to be... It's good. They're going to take the characters they have right now, and it's they're just going to try to do what the Ultimate Universe did again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so like, you're, you're not buying any of these characters being shunted over? No. You're not buying that in the least. I think okay. that's. I right. think. Right. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I got you. But I think it's one that they have not considered. Right. Because right, right. they spent all their time on the lamest tagline in existence. <laughs> that took up a lot of hours. All right. Yeah. That's a lot of man hours mm-hmm. to do that. There's. They wrote on a lot of time. on a lot of napkins. Yes. It's like, <laughs> I'll just pick that one. Okay. Uh, Oh, my God. All right. Uh, the last little bit of news uh, ties yeah. in with one of the comics that we're going to review this week Oh, in our next podcast. Ooh, relevance. And it's, a, yeah, like how I do that. Uh, Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number 800. We'll be doing number 798 in our next podcast. Yes. But uh, they announced, Marvel did, that Amazing Spider-Man 800 brings back the black suit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I apologize. Hold on. This last bit of news is relevant because we are reviewing Venomized 1 in the next podcast. Oh, ah, okay. ah. Venomized 1 takes place above, um, uh, evidently um, after the events that are currently going on in Amazing Spider-Man where Spidey is dealing with the Green Goblin. Right. Okay. So, at Amazing Spider-Man 800, Marvel has announced that they are bringing back the black suit and that it's sticking around. So the black suit that we now that we see in Venomized number one this week mm-hmm. is going to stay at least on a semi-permanent basis. I mean, they say it's sticking around. I mean, who knows? It could be a year, it could be two, it could be six months. We don't know, but it's sticking around is what they're claiming. Steven. Mm-hmm. Steven? Yes. Nothing. Nothing says fresh start. Yes. Like a 30-year-old gimmick. Concept. That Yay. is fresh, my friend. That is. Ooh, mm, so tasty fresh, isn't it? <laughs> mm, it's, it's, ooh, my mouth is re- has, <laughs> so refreshed right now just thinking about this. Ah, <sighs> boy. <laughs> wow. What, what, um, Steven, so, okay, so. Uh, okay. Okay. So uh, here's, I'm, here's, I'm, here's, here's, I'm, I'm just gonna let you go. You get these, these spicy, 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 spicy takes. Yes, yes, yes. Fresh takes. The takes are that... so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Muy caliente. Uh, Marvel editor in chief, <laughs> CB Sabolski. Don't showed... you mean Akira Yoshida? Isn't that his name? Yes. <laughs> yes. He showed the interior pages from May's Amazing Spider-Man 800, revealing that Peter Parker will once again don his black. Spider-Man suit. What's more, my friend, Peter will apparently remain in the black suit into writer Nick Spencer and artist Ryan Otley's Amazing Spider-Man number one, fresh start relaunch. Because nothing says fresh, my friend, than restarting your title with a number one issue that we haven't done that like 80 billion times over the past five years with the all new, all different fresh start, blah, 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 point one zero directives. In the past five years, like we haven't done that to all of our titles. Nothing says fresh like renumbering your title to number one. Right. And right after number 30, 800. Yes. And giving him a 30-year-old costume. Yeah. Um, if I was Nick Spencer, hey, Nick Spencer, uh, if you want to get on Twitter, I would go on about this. Because if I was starting a title and they just dumped the lamest concept on me to work with, mm. I'd be pretty pissed. Mm. So I, <laughs> you mm. have free reign mm. to go on Twitter about this one. 
It's awesome. <laughs> it it is the best of the best, my friend. And yes. by the way, now see now. And what's interesting is I I uh, ugh, why I I don't know. I think in the next arc he's going to become Captain Universe. Again. Oh God, <laughs> fresh baby, that is fresh. fresh. Um. So what's interesting, Stephen, is a, a move like this should be. Uh, should should it be targeting me, targeting me directly in 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 my heart of nostalgia? Because when I was a little little child, tiny little rock, um, uh, in 1984, that's when he got the black costume from the original Secret Wars um, right mini, uh, maxi series, right? Mm-hmm. So in 1984, I was but a tiny tot. So for me. Uh, most people, you know, like you, for example, you, you grew up with uh, red and blue Spider-Man. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, people before me, you know, people who grew up in the '60s and '70s, they grew up with red and blue Spider-Man too. Yes, but obviously, I knew that there was a red and blue Spider-Man. Duh. But, yeah. but when I was a kid, you know, when you are first exposed to comics, that's what really is crystallized in your mind as the definitive look for that character. That's how. I mean, it, let's when people debate definitive look of a character. It is almost always the look the character had when they first started reading that comic. Right. Okay? I was just, that's human nature. That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I first started getting big into comics as a little kid, back in 84, Spidey had a black costume. Uh, and so for me, I get a very, very warm feeling in my heart. It, it, it's nostalgia. It's being a child again. I get a very warm, happy feeling when I see the black costume because it reminds me of when I was a kid and was getting into comics and that was that was the look that was that was spider-man's look right Mm -hmm. so but that that's a very small group of people that were getting into comics during that one year period when he had the black costume now i know he's worn a black cloth costume Mm -hmm. at various periods after 1985 he got the symbiote in 1984 and i think Mm -hmm. he got rid of the symbiote in 1985 Right. And went back to the red and blue costume. Mm-hmm. But I know post-1985, there have been times if, where he has put on a black cloth costume. Right. Not a symbiote, but mm-hmm. for, for, for temporary time. Yes. Periods. Uh, so it's only a small period of, of readers who are going to go crazy for this move. Okay. And um, while I love it, because it brings back happy, nostalgic childhood memories. You know, it. it I think it's. It. I guess I, I like the look of it. I've always liked the look of it, but I just think, why are you doing this? I don't see the point. It's again, if this idea is to have a fresh start, mm-hmm. I don't really get why we're going back thirty years to to do this. Right. It's. I. It's. It, it just seems cheap. It does. Yeah. It just seems like a cheap gimmicky way to say, "Hey, this is fresh and new." Yeah. You know, like, you've run out of ideas. So I'm not so impressed by it. And I'm someone who would be most <laughs> likely to be excited about it. You know what I mean? Right. Which I think is important to say that even your most targeted audience is not going to be overwhelmed by this fresh idea. <laughs> Look, I, I know that, and this is usually a saying for, for movies, but this is true for everything. I know there's only like five stories in, right. in the world, yeah, and everything's a variation on it. Right. But, Marvel, 
put a little effort into it next yeah. time. Yeah. It's so obvious. Like, yeah. How? You're calling it a fresh start, and your fresh start consists of a 30-year-old costume and renumbering your comic to number one again. Yeah. And there's already going to be a Venom title. Yes. Because, oh, it must be a fresh start and not the fact that there's a Venom movie coming out. Venom movie coming out. Yeah, exactly. And now that now that uh, you know now that Disney's buying Fox, now it's okay to have That's Venom fanta- comics and yeah, Fantastic Four comics Four. and X Men comics yeah. and blah 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 blah. And and Marvel basically has Sony Sony's rights, basically because they're the only ones yeah, making them profitable. Right, so, right, you know. right. Exactly. Um, it's, <laughs> it's it's so silly. Isn't it's it? silly, silly, <laughs> silly. I bet Marvel's been sitting there like, man, we want to publish this New Mutants title, but they keep pushing the movie back. Right, exactly. So what are we supposed to do so what with this? <laughs> publish a comic without a movie? What? <laughs> <laughs> when did we ever do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, It just makes me sad. <laughs> They're a mess. They're they a are. hot they are. mess. They are. This fresh start, my friend, I don't know how fresh it's going to be. I think we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we look, we, we're going to get it and we're going to look at the tag for this fresh and it's going to say, oh, dated to 1984. Right. It's been rotting ever since. Yes. And these people need to go. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, I think this seg- is a nice segue, my friend, into our main topic for this podcast, right. which is what would we do to fix the comic book industry? Yes. Are we- Debate. We talk about the ills of the industry, and we figured let's let's discuss what are some things Marvel and DC can do to stem right. the tide. You know, let's the, be positive. The let's... early numbers for the March uh, sales numbers that we haven't gotten the sure, detailed breakdown detail. yet mm-hmm. per title, but we've got the early numbers in this show that uh, March 2018 mm-hmm. is down 16 percent compared to March of 2017. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to you know remind anyone that March 2017 wasn't really a Boom period for <laughs> comics. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And March of 2018 gave us the final issue of Dark Knight's Metal. Mm-hmm. It gave us Doomsday number uh, Doomsday Clock number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave us the uh, triumph, the stunning return of the Green Goblin right. and Amazing Spider-Man. So it wasn't exactly a weak month either. Yeah. It was a pretty strong month. It wasn't like February, which was a bit of a weak month. Yeah. It didn't have Doomsday Clock, didn't really have anything huge going on. Oh, there was on. Infinity Countdown, too, in last month. Right. right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, March had, was pretty loaded. Yeah. And to be down 16% compared to March of 2017, mm-hmm. which was not really a great time, no. that's not a good sign. No. So, we decided, Steve and I decided we would come up with five broad bullet points, mm-hmm. and we'll go into them in detail about what Marvel and DC could do to try to... Turn the tide. Right. And, uh, you know, Steve and I, we, we agree on the, we, we, we discussed it beforehand, mm-hmm. and, and we came up with our five bullet points individually and then talked about it, and amazingly enough, Steve and I came up with four of the five were nearly identical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> which, which goes to show that I don't think it's, I think the problems are easy enough to see that Marvel and DC have no excuse. Okay? Yes. Uh, you know, much. because you and I, uh, while, while both... Uh, both males, uh, we we mm-hmm. still have we still bring a different generational viewpoint to yeah. the world of comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I prefer, and of course, you know, I bring my viewpoint of wishing that all comics were spicy Latin comics. <laughs> uh, 
Wow, that's uh... <laughs> that was my fifth point that that Stephen didn't have on his <laughs> on his yeah, list. Yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid something had to take the cut and <laughs> spicy Latin spicy comics Latin comics <laughs> took the cut. Huh? Well, it well it might be an interesting label. I think Marvel <laughs> spicy Latin comics. Yes. <laughs> Under the Marvel La- Max line, because yes. that is it, we, certain things come to mind when you hear spicy Latin. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, but but we bring a different generational view on comics, which I think is 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 really valid when you, when you're trying to to look at the what kind of solutions you can come to, because right. you do need to look at it from multiple viewpoints. Um, so. While we agree on the, the the broad points, we 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 then have a, a, a little bit of different details to bring to the broad points, right? And so I figured we'll just start from one and go through five. They're in no particular order. We are not sure. ranking them from most important to least important. We're yes. just we just put them down on paper. This is the only thing that divides them is who is responsible for that por- portion of our argument. Right. Exactly. So uh, the first point, mm-hmm. Stephen, that we have would be uh, would be. The new 52 mm-hmm. and all new, all different initiatives scaring off loyal readers. Yes. And I, 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 you had it, you had this point labeled as that. I had it labeled as honor your core demographic first. But yes. they're the same thing. Pretty much. They're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what, it's, it's almost as if Marvel and DC forgot who their core demographic is. And I think this is very important for all businesses. All businesses must keep in mind who their core demographic is. Okay? The Oxygen Network is not going to target me. No. They're just not. Now, if I happen to enjoy something on the Oxygen Network, they are not going to shun me or tell me not to watch Mm -hmm. or tell me not to give give them my money. Right. Uh, if 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 uh, you know Vogue magazine, I am not their target audience. But if I were to pay for a Vogue magazine, they would gladly take my money. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, we are not we are not positing anything that is ground shattering yeah. or earth shaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. All businesses have a core demographic. There yeah. is no business. There are very few businesses. Maybe things like a uh, food. <laughs> or, cl- or cleaning products that literally target any demographic. Okay, Crest yeah. Toothpaste doesn't care of your age, <laughs> your sex, your ethnicity, or your religion. It's Crest Toothpaste. Everyone who is a human has teeth, and they need to be brushed. Right? So you, that- haven't, you haven't seen their spicy Latin brand? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would buy that! <laughs> I would buy that. Oh, <laughs> salsa flavored. And when I open the top of my toothpaste, it plays merengue music for me. And the wife and I could merengue in our bathroom. I would start the day that way. Because that's not problematic at all. No, no. That, that salsa is. flavor. No. <laughs> yes. Oh. Comes with a cayenne pepper in the box. Mm, love it. I love it. Arroz con pollo flavored toothpaste. I, this goes on and on. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, only, popular, only popular in my household. 
Crest, call us. <laughs> yeah, I got ideas. I've got ideas. But no, there are certain products, Stephen, that are clearly they're, 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 the demographic. There is no one demographic. For right. Them. If you're a human, you have teeth. You got to buy toothpaste. Exactly. If you're a human and and uh, you shower, you got to buy soap. Right. Okay. If you're mm-hmm. human and God, I hope you do your laundry. Please do your laundry, people. Eh, yeah. It smells. Uh, you're going <laughs> to have to buy laundry detergent. So there yes. are certain products. You know, Coke. It's a Coke. Yeah. Coke is everybody drinks soda or, or can drink a soda. Right. Okay. So, but entertainment is mm-hmm. in it. And I think people get confused when they're like, well, Crest targets to everyone or Coke targets to everyone. Yeah. Or Ford targets to everyone. Chevy targets to everyone. Amazon yeah, targets to everyone. Right. <laughs> you're confusing. Yes. You're confusing the kind of business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you are producing a type of mass produced item, that is designed for literally anyone. Yeah. A car, uh, a shopping service like Amazon that literally sells everything on the planet. Yes. A, a cleaning product, a personal hygiene product, th- these, a food product. These mm-hmm. are for anyone. Entertainment companies are completely different, and you cannot yes. use the same standard with an entertainment company. Yeah. When you're in an entertainment company, yes, would you like everyone? Does Disney want everyone to buy Disney stuff? Of course they do. Uh, yeah. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. But entertainment companies, and it and it and it, it's much more pronounced. The smaller the entertainment company is, yes. mm-hmm. because the smaller the company, the more niche their audience is. Yes. The way it is, mm-hmm. and you can make a ton of money with a niche audience, no doubt about it. Oh yeah. A lot of companies that are very niche that make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can have high profit margin and be niche. Yeah. Um, I mean Apple, for years and years and years, with having mm-hmm. a tiny tiny sliver of the computer market <laughs> but having monster profits shows yeah. that you can be niche and make a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Um, so entertainment companies really, they have to have a core demographic. They yes. just do. Okay? And by the way, P.S., even someone like me who adores Disney to no end, they do have a core demographic. It's the Princess franchise. Okay? Mm-hmm. Disney does have a core gra- demographic. They target young girls. More than anyone right. else. Now, do they try to work from that target and try to get older people, boys, whatever? Of course they do. Make no mistake. You go to Disney World, you know who the number one target is. It's oh. not even open to debate. Yeah. Okay? And look at their animated movies. It's obvious. They make princess movies. That's the number one animated movie that they make. Right. <clears throat> now, so for entertainment businesses, you like I said, you know, you've got Vogue magazine. You've got the Oxygen Network. You've got all sorts of entertainment companies that are going to focus on women. Mm-hmm. You've got entertainment. You've got Spike TV. Remember Spike TV back in the day? Oh, I remember them. Okay. Um, you've got Maxim Magazine. Well, they're going to target yeah. males. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this isn't... I don't think I'm saying anything avant-garde, though I feel like in this day and age we've become so delusional about basic laws of science that I feel like I have to explain the basic things, that men and women aren't the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which every scientist would agree with. So you're going to have to pick your target audience. Who is your target audience? Who is your core, your core demographic? Okay? Mm-hmm. Your core demographic for, and I've got to qualify this, not for all of comics. We are not talking about all the entire comic industry, you know, including IDW, Image, Boom. Right. Uh, uh, Dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, uh, Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Manga. 
yeah. all the Japanese public. We're not talking about the entire world of comics. Yes. Because the entire world of comics targets all sorts of different audiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are That's indie right. comics that target gay and lesbian readers. Mm-hmm. There are indie comics that target young girls. There are yep. indie comics that target women. There are indie mm-hmm. comics that target, uh, you know, fans of giant robots. Right. Uh, indie. So. The comic book industry in total, yes. Yes. They all, the various publishers within this massive umbrella of comics Mm -hmm. in Japan and America. Right. Target all sorts of different audiences. Yeah, if you were to say comics are for everyone, just that statement. Yes. That is true. That is true. Absolutely. However, that's like saying movies are for everyone. It's like... Exactly. Okay. I agree. It's like, look at the top five box office this week, or from this last week, and mm-hmm. tell me that those movies are for everyone. Right. They're, not, they're clearly targeting different audiences. Yes. They have a core mm-hmm. demographic they're going after. And yep. if other people hop on, yippee. Yeah, of course. But they have a core demographic they're trying to reach. Exactly. Um, so what we're talking about here is not the comic book industry in total. Yes. We're talking about Marvel, Marvel and, and DC's mm-hmm. mainstream. Not Vertigo. Right. Okay. No. Not, not Vertigo. Not the Max line of comics. No. We're talking Marvel and DC's mainstream mm-hmm. superhero titles. Right. That's it. That's all we're right. talking about. Mm-hmm. The core demographic for Marvel and DC mainstream superhero titles are males from the age of 13 to 30. Yeah. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Always will be. There is something about... Well, not if they have anything to say. Well, exactly. <laughs> there is just something about superheroes... Men in tights that look like they're on steroids. Hmm. Women in tights that look like they've had uh, breast surgery. Yeah. Punching each other in the face mm-hmm. with amazing superpowers that just appeals to dudes. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. It's, it just is what it is. It's a power fantasy. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Because there are different stories that are going to appeal to... I have a niece, and there are certain stories that really, really, really appeal to her mm-hmm. that my boys would never read. Right. And it's fine. It's fine. It's whatever speaks to you. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It's cool. Uh, I, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Little boys, little girls, they're not the same. No. <laughs> they, and, even, and even within that, those divisions, there are differences. Of course. Know? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's one of those basic facts of life that um, everyone should know. But the problem with Marvel is that while they have that, that, you know, Marvel and DC, they have that demographic. They uh, DC's done better at this recently, but back then, with Rebirth. They, with Rebirth, yes, which shows how much you have to do to repair from something oh. like the New Fifty Two. Yeah, it's, um, it creates a lot of damage. Yes, it does. And but is that they they don't have to write to that demographic. They just have to know that that's their demographic. Right. But write to some write something that everybody can enjoy. But know that maybe only a certain portion of that everyone is going to read it. Right. But that way, if someone in that demographic says, hey, read this. Right. That, oh, they've reached out to the other demographic mm-hmm. and brought them in. Mm-hmm. And that's how you expand your demographics. Right. I think that it, you, you really have to honor your core demographic first. Yes. And it, and is, it is male readers from 13 to 30. It just exactly. Is. There are men over mm-hmm. 30 that read comics. Oh, uh, sure. Of course. Yeah. There are, uh, there are uh, kids under 13 that read comics. Yeah. Got it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would say your second, I would say after your core demographic of male readers, 13 to 30, your next core demographic would be male readers, probably, honestly, 30 to 50. Yeah. That would be your next core demographic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. And then, so you... You start there first. You have, yeah, you to, have to get that right them first. First, yes, and then you can add little things here and there to try to to see if you can attract other readers. Yeah, okay, you, but you mm-hmm. can't do something like the new fifty two or the all new all different initiative that right. gives the middle finger to your core demographic. That right. doesn't work. And I, I want to specify that I think those gave the finger in different ways. Yes, because they did. the new fifty two. Gave the finger in that, oh, well, everything that you spent all your money on for all these years, that doesn't matter anymore. Right. Except for where we decide it matters. In some haphazard way. (laughs) Yeah. Batman and Green Lantern sold, so we're going to keep that. Right. But it's all in five years. Right. And other nonsense such as that. So that was in just the basic storytelling aspect. Yes. That it just junked everything, Mm -hmm. and it was a disaster and a mess. Yep. And I will say this. DC has the benefit... Of having something like Doctor Manhattan in their back pocket <laughs> that, is that Marvel true. does not have. Uh, that is true. Marvel did it in the just attacking the readership way. Yes, correct. Which was, um, now we've said this before, but I want to make it clear right here: there is nothing wrong with characters that are of other ethnicities getting the spotlight sometimes. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I, Hence my spicy Latin Marvel line of comics. Exactly. <laughs> coming coming soon. <laughs> Selling I'm, comics. I'm making be- memories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if they want to have, you know, like the Falcon, the Falcon is Captain America. Like, okay, you know, Steve Rogers was still there. Yeah. I mean, he was different, but he was there. The problem, and this is when people feel like they're getting the middle finger, is when... Well, we have to get Amadeus Cho over as the Hulk. Yep. So how about we kill Bruce Banner? Yep. This X-23 character could do really well as yep. Wolverine, so let's kill Wolverine. Yep. Let's or or, or speaking or, of Captain America, let's turn Captain America into a Nazi. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we can really get over the Falcon as Captain America. Right. Let's kill Tony Stark so we can have Riri Williams. Yes. And that was even poorly handled because is he really dead? Right. We don't really we know don't who really want to kill Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, his movie's real popular. Those, yeah, everybody <laughs> likes that Robert Downey Jr. Um, but the ones that, that did well or the ones that have, have engendered the least hatred amongst the public are uh, the... Thor. Lady Thor. Yeah. Jane Foster as Thor. Because you didn't kill Thor. They didn't kill Thor. And especially since it's ended, it was obvious there was a beginning, it, middle, it, and an end. No doubt about it. There was a story. clear story. Jason Aaron had a clear story to yes. tell. He and was going to tell it to the conclusion. And despite some awkward, fumbling, mm. social justice warrior stuff, at the beginning, that went away. It did. And it, he it just did. told a story after that. Correct. Um, Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It was... I mean, he was rel- relatively, in comics terms, popular from the Ultimates. Mm-hmm. He didn't replace Peter Parker right. in the regular universe. Um, you know Marvel wanted to, though. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure in some way that they did, but then they saw <laughs> You know, their... Axel Alonso was like, oh, just let me do it. Yeah, but then, <laughs> then the shareholder sent him a letter, and that was about it. Settle down, yeah. kiddo. <laughs> and, and, um, and Ms. Marvel. Now, not as popular, but people don't hate her because... Right. Um, 
uh, her writer, G. Willow Wilson, took the time to establish the connection right. to Carol Danvers. Uh, that's right. Which is very critical if you're yes. going to sell a legacy character. Yes, indeed. But, and that's not to say that X-23 and Wolverine didn't have a relationship before, because they did. It's just the way that they disposed of Wolverine that right. really made people angry. Plus, X-23 is, car- unlike... Uh, Unlike, uh, say, Lady Thor, sure, uh, who has a different personality than Thor, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, Kamala has a different personality than Carol. Right. Um, X twenty three is basically Logan with boobs. Yeah, and that's a problem. And it was interesting be- when you considered how Wolverine handled a character like that. Right. But they killed him. Right. And so now you have this character on her own. Mm-hmm. And I did read an article that was interesting about this where they said Marvel never let that character have any time to be Wolverine without, oh, Jimmy Hudson, oh, <laughs> Old Man Logan, oh, Dakin, uh, Dakin, Dakin. Uh, this and this and this. And so even with making the fans angry. Have a honey badger. They, yeah, honey badger. <laughs> they didn't They didn't even give her any time. So right. So so it's just it screams more of a yeah. stunt. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, Which, I agree. Ugh. I agree. I think. I think. So you're very smart to point out the two different ways you can piss off your core demographic. The DC way by yeah. just telling the core demographic everything that you've loved up until now doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. The it's last Jedi here. way. <laughs> it's gone. Right. It's gone. It doesn't count. It doesn't matter. We just yeah. threw it in the garbage bin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second way, what Marvel did was, hey, uh, readers, all these characters you love, uh, we're going to kill them all off. Yeah. And replace them. Yeah, and you should feel bad that you don't like these new, uh, more oh, diverse exactly. characters. We're, we're going to kill them off, or we're going to make them a Nazi, or we're just yeah. going to make them uh, some self-imposed exile in the cosmos. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you don't like these new characters, you're a bad person. Yeah. You're a bad, evil person. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not fair. Yeah. No, it's not. And Because I think there's characters, again, I think uh, you, you, look at, you look at the popularity of... Let's say um, Black Panther. You look right. at the popularity of Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, your core demographic loves. They don't. They don't have to just be white characters to be popular. Yeah. Sorry, they That's don't. Right. They just have to be their own characters. Mm-hmm. Readers just don't watch. They just. They just like Bruce Banner. They like Tony Stark. Yeah. They like Steve Rogers. They like Thor. They like uh, you know Peter Parker. Yeah. They just like those characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're not jerks. They're not horrible people. It. And Luke Cage is proof. Uh, Black Panther is proof. Yeah. You can have uh, these characters that aren't white that are very popular. Yeah. Because they're their own characters. Yeah, exactly. That's the key. And, and that's how you get readers to get excited about these characters. Mm-hmm. Make them their own characters. Yeah, Now, exactly. I'm not, it's not always going to work. I mean, we're still waiting for Marvel to have a popular Hispanic character. Right. Despite Hispanics being the largest minority group in America Mm -hmm. by not even close. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I'm not saying there isn't work to be done. And I'm not saying it's super easy to get over new characters. No, definitely not. But it can be done. Yes. It can absolutely be done. Mm -hmm. And uh, without pissing off your core demographic. Right. And And, and the other thing is, you you, you also, you know, (laughs) if your core demographic are males, Mm -hmm. then don't write comics that are hostile to males. Yes. That's just dumb. Yeah. That's just dumb. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes, nobody likes uh, to be crapped on. 
Yeah. Even people Definitely. who are not conservative. I'm talking mm-hmm. just like independents. Yep. Libertarians. Uh, blue dog, uh, blue dog Democrats, you know. Center left. Center left. Uh, they don't like to be crapped on. They don't like to be told they're horrible or preached to. Yeah. About how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're core de- and, and so that's your core demographic. Don't piss off. Don't, don't tell them they're bad. And yeah. there are certain things that male readers like in their stories. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is what it is. Yeah. And, and just that idea, like, I'm sure that in some corner of the demographic, there are people who are bad people, who are racist, I'm who sure. are whatever. I mean, they're sexist, everywhere. Sexist, terrible. something like yeah, that. They exist everywhere in the world. That's not, that's not to say those people are right, but at the same time, assuming that everyone is like that, is a bad move, right? That's not. That's not. Good. It sh- it doesn't just show, um. It just shows ignorance in how, how to run a business. Yes, because comics are a business, right? No one is going to pick up a comic book and say, "Wow, I'm going to change the world because I saw <laughs> I saw something in that comic book that was so inspiring." No, no. Uh, people in real life inspire people. Inspire like they just had the. Uh, assassination of Martin Luther King that was his anniver- the other anniversary the other day someone like that is someone who inspires people yeah, real life things inspire people um, uh, s- uh, Squirrel Girl does not inspire people to do anything <laughs> that is important in real life <laughs> yes. she, they are supposed to be escapist fun entertainment right if you want to say something fine don't don't tell people they're bad right for disagreeing with you right but, and that yeah. leads that leads into to our the next second point, point which yes. is agenda driven writing. Yes, and uh, I think one company is much more guilty of this. Oh, than the other. Marvel is. Yeah. Marvel is clearly clear. Even new, even mm-hmm. in DC, yeah, uh, DC, which uh, with the new Fifty Two, clearly tried to increase the number of female uh, right. lead titles. Mm-hmm. They tried to increase the amount of diversity. Yeah, but they but they absolutely but it was they it did, didn't they seem did, like that. No, yeah. no, it it just. They, the stories were still all about action and adventure. It just happened to be starring, you know, yeah, uh, a Latin character mm-hmm. or a female character yeah. or an Asian character, right? Mm-hmm. But that it, it just happened to be that. That wasn't the focus of the story, right? And there was no agenda to the story. It was just action mm-hmm. and adventure. But it happened to be a female lead, right? And I, I just want to clarify before we go on. I think the New Fifty Two and the All New All Different. I think that was the one two punch that crippled the industry. I agree. Yeah. Because you got hit from two different points. Yes. Two different ways. It wasn't just enough to say, right. oh, this, uh, let's take all this continuity you like out. When we know fans love continuity. Mm-hmm. And, oh, let's take all your characters. Mm-hmm. And you're bad for not liking that. Right. That's, and yeah. The agenda-driven writing, it's really, and, and we see it with the, the new age heroes line of titles that right. DC's doing, mm-hmm. right? Which you and I have really enjoyed. Yeah. They've been some, it's been good stuff. Yeah. And it is absolutely with a focus mm-hmm. on trying to bring uh, a, little more uh, diversity. a little more diversity to their right. titles. And they're great because the focus of the titles, again, is Are action fun. and adventure yeah. and fun. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not virtue signaling. No. There is no, <laughs> it's not agenda-driven storylines. It's no. just action and fun. Exactly. And yeah, it's a more diverse cast. Yeah. It's, so what? It's action and fun. Yeah, it's like, it's like real world. Yeah, it's <laughs> like is it 
Is there an agenda? Sure, of course there is. But you know what? They they've found a way to do it in a way that it makes sense for a business to do it. They're not preaching like, to you. They're they're doing what they do best, but trying to aim a little bit to the right of their demographic. Correct. That's exactly right. While not excluding yes. their core demographic. Thank you. Yes. 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 That yeah. Those new age stories. I agree with you. Those new age stories. DC's uh, New Age of Heroes. Is that what it's called? New Age of Heroes? Yeah. Uh, so those stories, clearly, the way they're written and delivered, they, 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 they target the core demographic of males between 13 and 30. Right. Action, adventure, mm-hmm. uh, high, you know, humor. Humor. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely targets that demographic, but it brings a more diverse cast yes. of characters mm-hmm. in terms of uh, sex and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, it, it, but there's no agenda to it. No. There's no virtue signaling to it, and it and it's, it's done not in a package. obvious right. It's done in a package that appeals to the right. core core demographic. Uh, Marvel is very guilty of agenda driven writing. Oh yeah, they are very guilty of uh, phenomenal virtue signaling. Oh I mean, yeah. Oh my God, it hits you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I guess you can do that if you only want to appeal to a very small percentage yeah. of readers. Again, right. uh, and I'm talking very small. You're going to appeal to SJW types, and that's about it. I, I am a, I am, uh, I mean, I'll openly admit I am center left. Right. I am what would be <laughs> a traditional blue dog Democrat that mm-hmm. I don't, you know, they don't use that term anymore, but. Um, it's it's a Democrat who is generally uh, 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 close to the center. Sure. Um, so that's me, and I don't like virtue signaling. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so <laughs> yeah, and, I don't like virtue signaling. It's not right. fun. Oh no. And all you do is limit the people you're going to reach, and hence crap sales numbers. Yeah. The poor business decisions. But and I mean since we're I guess for agenda-driven, I guess we should talk more about just kind of how it's problematic outside of the business. Yep. Because, I mean, let me tell you something. I'm I'm white. I mean, I have a lot of Native American. You are not. That's why I'm... Uh, I didn't know you were... Holy crap. That's why crap. I'm still tan in the winter. I have I, enough Native blood. That I didn't I'm, know I had a white I'm man okay. next to me. It's, Steven, it's, you need to screw Rock over. is also blind, so... Uh, <laughs> Um, I just thought I'd let you know that. I'll find out more things next week. Um, but to me, there is a... Uh, so, I mean, other than the, you know, the heritage or whatnot, I am a white person. So this, to most people, it sounds like, oh, you're just saying this because you're privileged and blah, 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 and all that. Yes. And to me, there is nothing more insulting to a group of people than a bunch of straight white people, older, yes. saying we have to include a bunch of minorities just because the internet is asking for it, not because yes. oh, there's a story we really want to tell, right? Yes, or because oh, well, this will, you know, uh, this will really enrich our universe mm-hmm. because oh, these people won't shut up about it, and we want to make money, mm-hmm. so fuck it, just do it. Mm-hmm. And we see that all the time in movies, yep. where it's so, why is there always a, why does the main character of a comedy always have a black best friend? Yes. You know why. Of course, of course. Um, Goes all the way back to the old buddy cop movies, like Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon back in the 80s. Exactly. It's been around forever. 
And while, you know, some of that stuff works. Mm-hmm. Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. <laughs> um, sometimes it's just... But like, why is in Beauty and the Beast, and I know this is a random complaint, yes. but they are clearly in what looks to be mid- medieval Europe. Yes. And there are black characters. And that, okay, that makes sense. But there is just not a family, one Asian guy. Yes. We don't know where he came from. We don't know where he came from. I don't know where he came from. He, just one. He's very lost. He wandered over from somewhere. He did. Probably from Mulan. Yes. And Hi, guys. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's disingenuous. Uh, we know why yes. he's there. Yes. But nobody wants to admit it. No. And, I mean, of course, I, I can't say anything because I'm not in that demographic. But to me, that feels a little... When you calculate something like that, that's awful. Yes. And... Sure, we all know companies do that because more money, we get that. But yep. if Marvel's going to try to present itself as some kind of social crusading for social justice and equality, then how about you be less transparent with what we're really going for? Yes. Because that just makes you look like a dick. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think that that by having by having it more of an agenda-driven writing, mm-hmm. it, it just it just it just really limits how many people you're going to appeal to. Yeah. And I don't really get that. You're an entertainment company. Mm-hmm. It's funny uh, because WrestleMania is going on this weekend, as we said. <laughs> yeah. uh, they had the uh, Hall of Fame, you know, the WWE Hall of Fame speeches last night where they inducted some wrestlers into the Hall of Fame. They have a presenter and then the wrestler then talks. And Vince McMahon only has two rules when it comes to Hall of Fame speeches. One, you don't ever thank him because then he doesn't want it to be about him. Because then everyone would feel obligated to talk about Vince McMahon. Right. And he doesn't want it to be about him. To his credit, he's got a lot of faults. No doubt. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> to his credit, he doesn't want the Hall of Fame ceremony to be about him. He wants it to be about the wrestlers. Cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. The second rule is don't talk about politics. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Yeah. There's a reason for that. You're an entertainment company. Right. You're an entertainment company, and uh, politics have no place in entertainment, and I do believe that. Right. I do. For several reasons. One... You're an entertainment company. WWE wants Democrat males and Republican yeah. males and mm-hmm. Libertarian males and 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 uh, uh, center uh, yeah. uh, independent males. They want all the males to be yeah, watching. They want okay. Yeah, it's a smart business, right? Yeah. Okay. The Marvel it, Marvel should be the same way. We want all the men in our demographic. Yeah. All of them to be mm-hmm. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, center. Independent, communist, right? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. We want you. Uh, if you're a male between 13 and 30, you're a core demographic. I don't really give a crap what your politics are. Right. That's so. There's a reason for that because it makes you the most money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and also there's there's a more there's a societal reason. There's a more philosophical reason. I think. And and as we see, unfortunately, and it happened. I don't know when. It, I think it started really. It started happening about ten years ago, mm-hmm. where we just started seeing the politicizing of everything, and it was done yeah. by people on the right and on the left. Oh, yeah. People on the right started it when Obama got elected, and people on the left were only happy to double down on it with Trump yeah. getting elected. Mm-hmm. We now have to politicize everything. Now everything right. has to be about politics. Mm-hmm. The car you buy has to be about politics because yes. of. 
well, if you drive a pickup truck, you're probably a redneck. Or if yeah. you drive, if you drive a, a, a Tesla, then you must be a, a bleeding heart liberal. Yeah. Uh, if everything has to be politics, the mm-hmm. TV shows that you watch has yeah. to be about politics now. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of it has to be about politics. You see an award show for TV. It's got to be about politics. politics Music has to be about politics. Mm -hmm. The problem is the pop culture that once bound all of us together was the common ground that all of us could find Mm -hmm. to be a unified people, right? The pop culture in America that could take people of disparate ethnicities Mm -hmm. and religions and political affiliations. We are such a diverse country the pop culture served as a common fabric that would unite all of us Mm -hmm. seeing a movie like ready player one yes if you are from that era Mm -hmm. i don't give a damn if you are male female black white hispanic jewish christian republican or democrat or libertarian right or independent if you're from that era what we saw in ready player one united all of us, mm-hmm. all of us, because back then pop culture was not defined. We hadn't politicized everything from right. video games to comics mm-hmm. uh, to toys. Right. Now we do. Mm-hmm. And by politicizing everything, we rob us of a common culture mm-hmm. that we can all celebrate together. And mainstream superhero comics should be like what we saw in Ready Player One. It should be right. a common culture that we can all share regardless of what walk of life, what belief, what whatever we are. Right. And you don't do that. Well, well that's why well that's why we make it super SJW. No, 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 no. No, yeah. no that that's not making it all that's all inclusive. No, it's not. No. It's no, it's absolutely not all inclusive. It's no. the opposite of all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Okay. By removing politics by removing agendas, you get what DC is now doing. What DC is now doing to increase the diversity of their titles mm-hmm. with the characters in the new age of heroes. Right. That's what they're doing. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. It's creating a common culture based on fun yes. and action and adventure. There is no virtue signaling. There is no politics. Right. There is no nothing. Mm-hmm. And yet you're getting... The increased diversity. Yes. And even if those Boom. titles don't sell, the characters still exist. Thank you. And can be used Thank later you. on. Right. That's the important thing. Agreed. And they didn't do it with, like, um, I remember, you know, Dan Didio, all his, with all his faults, he had the one of the greatest zingers I ever heard when he was talking about the New Age of Heroes. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know... Well, you know, we'd like to increase the diversity, but focusing on fun and all that. And then he said, but, you know, we're not going to turn Superman into a Nazi or things like that. Boom. DC gets it. Yes. DC, they didn't get it with the New 52. Right. But they learned from that painful mistake. Yes. They got punished oh, mightily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've learned. And now I think they have the blueprint that Marvel needs yep. to copy. That's right. Needs to copy that mm-hmm. blueprint. Because I think if they focused on that blueprint, it, you really comes to be in a much better place. Right. Um, it's and and I mean, let's just think about it. who is the most iconic superhero ever created. Superman. Superman. Why is Superman so popular or, or so famous in that way? Because he appeals to everybody. Yes. He's he's got the basic virtues. Yep. 
He's strong. He's mm-hmm. handsome. Mm-hmm. He he smiles. Mm-hmm. He's uh, hope and all that. He's everything good about America. Exactly. He, right or wrong, he's everything right. good about America. Exactly. Whether it's true or not, he's the ideals that America yes. strives for. Exactly. And I mean, he's he's an immigrant. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. And he's you know he he came up in the world. He he has the small town values of yep. America. Yep. And and even across the world, you know, that is very appealing to people. Yes. Yes, and that's why he connects. I yes. mean, you know, we can argue about you know, if whether he's cool or not. Well, that's, but a, that's a different story. That's a different story. Yeah, he he connects. He resonates with people because of that. That's why Spider Man resonates with people because you Thank identify you. with him. Anyone can identify exactly. with Spider Man. Exactly. Any boy, I don't care if he's what race he is, mm-hmm. what religion he is, what how old he is. Yeah. Everyone has had. Everyone has had the moments where they feel like Peter, where yeah. they they feel like they're struggling at school. Mm-hmm. They feel like they don't fit in. They feel like they're getting bullied. They feel like um, you know they have problems at home. Yeah, uh, they don't. They maybe they don't have a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're dealing with some kind of abuse situation. Right. Uh, they struggle to get a date. They mm-hmm. can't get the girl. Uh, they have unrequited crushes. Right. I, 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 there's, it goes on and on and on. Peter yeah. Parker is, uh, there is no character out there, I think, that is easier to identify with than Peter Parker. Right. Dead serious. Definitely. Um, so anyhow, I think that's, that's the second point. Yeah, I think. In a nutshell. Exactly. And it's like, you know, once again, nothing wrong with having stories told from certain perspectives of people. Absolutely. It's just make, you know, make sure they... Relate and make sure it's not, you know, obvious what you're doing. <laughs> right. Correct. Yeah. I think DC's showing the right way forward. Yes. I really think so. Mm-hmm. And it fills me with hope. Oh, yeah. Um, point number three, lack of quality control and it just, just. And this is, this is where we transfer from what I think <sighs> is where you can directly blame, at least of these five points, on Marvel and DC. Yeah. And more of what you, now we're going into what you can blame on the people that owned them. Yes. Yes. So Disney and Warner Brothers. Yes. And I think with lack of quality control, there's there's several aspects to this. Yes. One, it is uh, relying too much on uh, uh, the constant rebooting of titles Mm -hmm. and renumbering of titles. Yes. And the over-reliance on too many big events. Yes. Let's tackle these two first. I think when you're constantly rebooting titles and Mm -hmm. constantly renumbering them, it fatigues the reader. Yes. It's it and it loses its impact rapidly. Mm-hmm. A renumber or a reboot can have power if it is done once a decade. Yes. But when you're doing it like the Marvel and DC have been doing, mm-hmm. like it seems like every every month the title's getting rebooted yeah. or renumbered. It's just nonstop. And they're going from one back to the original numbering, back to one, back to the original numbering, yeah. back to one. It's Insane, or you're getting multiple reboots like Captain Marvel because she's not popular, no one likes her. Yeah. So you got to you have a title. Trying to use the artificial. It boost. gets canceled because its yeah. sales suck, and then you bring out another title the next month. Its sales yep. suck. You cancel it. You bring out another title the next month. Right. And you do that five times in five years. It's just the law of diminishing returns. Exactly. And, and it just mm-hmm. it just overwhelms the reader. Oh yeah, and I mean, and you know that's why it was so surprising that. The New 52, as much of a disaster as it was, they let it ride yes. for as long as they did. Yes. 
and then they changed it. That was what five years? Yeah, five years. Five years. Yeah. So it's not a long time. Surprising. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is something that, I mean, we we talk about this as being a modern problem. It's happened before. Sure. It, this is not anything new. No. It's just it's become so much more apparent now because, well, more eyes are on them now. Yes. Because you know, and social media, you have more feedback. That's right, and. um like the Hollywood Reporter talking about Marvel's fresh start, you didn't have that. No, 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 no. And no, even people no, who don't no. care see that and yeah. say, "Wait, didn't they just do that?" Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and, and then the other big, too many big events. It also yeah. leads to reader fatigue, and that's yeah. very real. Reader mm-hmm. fatigue—that's no joke. Yeah. That's that's legit, and it happens. And having a big event every single year. Yeah. It's too much. Mm-hmm. It it just signals to the reader that nothing we do matters. Nothing no. is going to count. The minute we end this big event, we're going to completely forget about it. Yeah, and then we're going to hype up one. the next big event. Mm-hmm. And or, oh, this was just a stepping stone yeah, to the next one. Right. Yeah. So w- what makes better storytelling and engages readers more is if you have a big event. And in that big event, your writers sit down and do the hard work of plotting out how... What are the main stories coming out of this big event? Right. And how will they affect the various aspects of their universe? Mm-hmm. And then tell those stories for the next five years. Right. Long-range storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the... You've, you've, you've worked through all those stories. Mm-hmm. It's been five years. You have another big event. Yep. And then you take the next five years after that big event to work out all those stories, to tell mm-hmm. all those stories to their conclusion. Right. And I mean... It sounds like I'm beating up on Marvel, but they, I mean, they are, I think they're the guiltiest of oh. this because, first of all, it has to be hell for the writers it because is hard. they're trying to tell a story and then, oh, well, you have to throw this in there. Right. Well, why? That doesn't matter. It's, Just shoehorn it in. Just shoehorn it in there. Yeah. Like, when they had World War Hulk, they had a Ghost Rider tie in. Yes. Why? why? There's no reason for that. There's no reason for it. It's like, why? So Why okay. Do it? So you take this person interrupting a story that they were telling, because Ghost Rider has to fight the Hulk for two issues. Right. Why? Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? Yeah, and then at the end he says, "Oh," and rides off. Yeah. Nothing's been accomplished. No. I think the only time a big event, uh, I like the tie-in issues of a big event, was during. Right. Um, oh, this is way back now. Huh. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long ago, <laughs> but it is zero hour. Right. Uh, when Zero Hour came out, it was an interesting big event because mm-hmm. DC essentially went to the writers like, here, we're going to do this Zero Hour event. Right. You guys have the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to use the Zero Hour uh, big event to drastically change something in your title, you got the green light. If oh. you want to completely ignore it mm-hmm. and just keep doing what you're doing, Let's go for it. you can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. How often does that happen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know... Yeah, but but I think by having big events year after year after year, it mm-hmm. just signals to the reader that nothing matters. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. You're not we're getting a real story. No, there's no story. No. I think it's so much more satisfying to have a big event and then work out those storylines stemming from that big event for right. five years, mm-hmm. and then have another one. That your big events, if you're only having one big event every five years, they really have impact. Yeah. They really seem special. Mm-hmm. They seem special. That's right. Crisis on Infinite Earths, I can tell you, because I lived through it in real time. <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths and Secret Wars, mm-hmm. they felt special. I mean, 
earth-shatteringly special. Yeah. Because we didn't have them every year. Yeah. This was a legit big deal. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it. The hype and the excitement right. over those two big events and the excitement that you had reading them, I'm telling you now, never, never have been experienced. Nothing yeah. like that feeling mm-hmm. of excitement and hype has there ever been with any subsequent big event. No. Now big events I'm happen, sure and I'm like, uh, uh, whatever, now. okay. It doesn't even register. People who didn't live through it don't really understand how amazingly powerful a big event can be when it truly is something that comes around mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. Because it's, it's not a big difference. Because it's not an event anymore. Right. It's just another another day. That's right. It's just it's, and the Marvel offices. Yeah. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, okay, we're doing blah, this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever. And and you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you can I mean DC had two They've got one running now. Yep. One just concluded. Yep. But the thing about that is that, and they even did this back before the New 52, like when Blackest Night came out, it was everywhere, but it wasn't in the titles. They had Blackest Night, yep. Batman, Blackest yes. Night, Wonder Woman. So if you want to re- keep reading Batman, you can keep you could, reading Batman. And it wouldn't be disturbed. Exactly. But you. But there's also this other side story. Yes. So if you want to do that, um, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Yeah. It's when you interrupt the title Yes. Which shows a, a disrespect to the writer, I yes. think. It's like, yeah, I don't care about your story. It's yep. this, this, this random thing. I agree. That that's a problem. I agree. And it. Ugh. The other, <laughs> the the other uh, it points underneath a lack of quality control yes. would be um, too many? Marvel in DC. Right. They just don't embrace what they are, and they yep. are superhero titles. Mm-hmm. They're not indie comics. No, they're, they're just not. not. Mm-hmm. Not, they aren't. They, that's not what people are looking for. Right. People are looking for mainstream superhero titles. Mm-hmm. And I think DC has finally embraced this. Yes. I think DC has really embraced it. With Rebirth, mm-hmm. I think they've just doubled down on, you know what? I think New 52 was like a midlife crisis for DC. They didn't know yeah. who, they, who they were, what they wanted to be, yeah. what they stood for, what was their identity. Yeah. They had no clue. No. And New 52 was their complete meltdown, uh, <laughs> Very midlife meltdown, crisis yes. they had. They got that. That, that was their, their, uh, their uh, uh, sleeping with the secretary yep. and driving a convertible Corvette mm-hmm. and just a horrible moment. Yes. Uh, that we all had to see. And, <laughs> and yeah. I think with Rebirth, they've realized they finally accepted who they are. Yeah. What they are. And mm-hmm. what they are is a, is a fun... Yes. Cheesy at times. Sure. Silly at times. Mm-hmm. Over the top at times. Yes. Straightforward mainstream superhero company. Yes. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. And damn it, that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing to be embarrassed. Yeah. You don't have to be an indie comic. You don't have to be no. high art. No. You don't have to be avant-garde. No. no. You are what you are and own it. And now they are finally owning it. And guess what? With Rebirth, they've been owning it. And with mm-hmm. these new New Age of Heroes titles, they've been owning it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? DC's cranking out some of the best stuff yeah. they have made in a decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm. And so I think Marvel needs to come along with DC in that same view of what they are. Right. What are you? You are a mainstream superhero company. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. And related to this is higher superhero Writers, right? Higher, right? And this goes for Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. 
Marvel and DC hire writers who are superhero writers yes. who love, who honestly love the genre. Mm-hmm. Don't just hire a big name indie writer right. who doesn't give two craps about mm-hmm. superhero genre. Right. And there are too many big name indie writers that fit mm-hmm. that bill yeah. who are currently writing for both Marvel and DC. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think we all know who they are. I sure. We don't need to go line by line. There are sure. plenty of them. Mm-hmm. You don't need them. No. You don't need them. Find mm-hmm. writers who genuinely love the genre mm-hmm. and respect the genre. Right. Because those are the writers who will give you the best stories. Right. Because through love and respect, mm-hmm. that's how writers create the best work. Right. At least get somebody who loves the characters. Because like yes. Jonathan Hickman is not a superhero writer. No. But Jonathan Hickman made good stuff. I think he but I think he genuinely loved the Fantastic Four characters. Oh, that's and I think Hickman, that's the thing. And I think Hickman <laughs> genuinely loved Kirby. Yes. And had massive respect for Kirby. Definitely. I, I, there's no other way to yeah. see that. He had massive respect for Kirby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I don't think Grant Morrison is a is a traditional superhero writer either. He's clearly an indie-style writer. Yes. But he obviously had insane love and respect for Jack mm-hmm. Kirby. And he loves the genre of comic books. Yes. That's why he would always push yes. you know, the, the boundaries and the, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's... Of course, there's a realm where forgotten characters die, too, in yes. quotes. Because... That's comic books. Right. So, I mean, you can have... I think Hickman and Morrison are examples of where you yes. can have an indie-style mm-hmm. writer right. be a great superhero writer. Yeah. So there are plenty uh, you know, plenty of writers who mm-hmm. just you put them on a superhero title, right. Nick Spencer, and your results are... And these are very talented writers. I'm oh, not sure. saying these aren't talented. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, no problem. You got to have writers who love the genre. Mm-hmm. Love the genre. And you have to let people who, I feel like when you're when you're selected when you're going from run run one run to the next, you can't hire people who are just going to copy what came before. Right. Like on the runs on Daredevil, like like you know the big the classic three the the Miller mm-hmm. then the, then you, I mean a little later on but then you had Bendis and yep. Brew Baker clearly in yeah. the same vein. Oh, absolutely. But that worked because. They could write that. Yes. Like, they were good at that. That was their milieu. Exactly. Easily. But you can't have, like, coming off of a brew baker, um, um, somebody who's just to say, oh, well, this is what this title is, so I have to do that. Right. Because it's not playing to their strengths no. as a writer. Right. And it can create crap. And part of that, <laughs> this point also goes that editors need to start pairing yes. the right talent to the proper Editors need uh, to start franchise. doing their job. Editors don't do their job enough at Marvel no. and DC. If you, have a, a, if you have a particular writer, make sure you put him on a tile that matches his strengths. If you, yes. ha- if you hire Brian Bendis, why are you putting him on Superman? Yeah. That makes no sense. That's a no. bad editorial decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put him on a title that makes sense. You put them on Green Arrow, yeah. For example, mm-hmm. okay, sure. and that's just the first one that pops to mind. Yeah. Green Arrow. Put him on a a a Gotham PD title, yeah. Put him put on, on Batman. hell. Put him on Batman, even. Okay, yeah. I There's mean, as much like, as I don't want to read a Bendis Batman comic, <laughs> at least it, it matches fits. it matches yeah. his skill set mm-hmm. so much more. Yeah. Okay, so or make a, a title for him. Like, I mean, Tom King as Mister Miracle. Give Bendis a. Uh, the question. Right. I mean, there are so <laughs> many ways to properly utilize Bendis' skills because look, yes. I, despite my criticisms of the man, mm-hmm. there is no 
doubt he has talent. I've never yeah. said he didn't. His mm-hmm. Daredevil is flat out brilliant. Yeah. And why did it work? Because the title matched mm-hmm. his his style set. Yeah. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Ultimate Spider-Man. In Ultimate Spider, it matched. Avengers, it sucked because it yeah. didn't match. Uh, so, so <laughs> you, you, the editors don't seem to. They struggle at times to put the right writers on the right titles. Editors yes. need to do their job much more. Mm-hmm. They really do. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then and the, 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 and hiring the right writer for the right title and hiring writers that love the superhero genre leads into the next point of right indie style writing and decompression on mainstream superhero comics. Right. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's miserable to read. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get an indie comic that is much more character driven and really into telling some type of elaborate story that has chock full of talking heads and you'll be okay with it. Oh, yeah. Because that's the style of story it's telling. Mm-hmm. But when you buy a mainstream superhero title, come on, again, I, I go to this all the time. Yeah. I want to see men on steroids and women with <laughs> uh, b- uh, with uh, uh, boob surgery in small, skimpy spandex comics and they're punching each other in the face. Other, yeah. That's because that's what they are. Yeah. I don't want to see a bunch of talking heads. <laughs> that's the wrong format. Right. And which is not to say it doesn't work. However, right. as a general rule, it's there the wrong should format. be some action. Yes. There should be some splash humor, shots. Big giant splash shots. It's like and this is I mean Put this way, am I yeah. I am a massive fan of David Lynch. You know sure. that. Yeah. I adore him. He's my favorite director. Mm-hmm. I love the movies like more than anything else in the world. Right. But I get it. Yeah. He's not for He's everybody. Not for everybody. Okay, no. got it. And would I ever film a blockbuster movie with David Lynch in the style that David Lynch films his movies? No. Hell no. Absolutely not. That's insane. <laughs> Just like I wouldn't deliver a mainstream super title in the same way you deliver an indie title. Right. You just don't do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like like some some titles that I read that are indie, quote unquote. Have more action and plot progression yes. and stuff happening than a lot of the superhero titles yep. I read. Yep, which is crazy. That is nuts. It, uh, D- decompression has become a rampant problem with with DC and Marvel. Yeah, I think DC is starting to fix that problem mm-hmm. with a lot of their titles. Yeah. I will give them credit. With Rebirth, I yeah. think you're starting to see a lot of a lot of an effort to not have decompressed titles. Now, yeah. having said that, Doomsday Clock has most definitely suffered from decompression. Yeah. And, and the, during the New problem. 52, that was most certainly Ooh, a problem. Yeah, yeah, lots of decompression in the New 52. And mm-hmm. Marvel, of course, has long suffered from decompression. Oh, yeah. Long suffered from it. Mm-hmm. And decompression, it, you know, there's a reason why Stanley and Jack Kirby delivered their superhero comics in the style they did. Yeah. There's just a reason for it, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, it compressed storytelling it best fits this genre yeah and it gives you the most bang for your buck mm-hmm. and when you are asking people to pay 3 4 or even 5 dollars for a 22 23 page yeah floppy comic yeah you better uh, have something going on you better have yeah. something going on you better have some plot progression and some content yeah uh, you give us decompression at that price point and that is absolutely unacceptable yeah absolutely unacceptable mm-hmm. Um, and that would lead us to the next point. Yeah, Stephen, point number four of price, costs, and profit margin. Yeah. Decompression doesn't work yeah. with how expensive. Hey, look, mm-hmm. if I was paying 25 cents for a comic, 
Right. I wouldn't bitch so much about decompression. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it, mm-hmm. but I would at least understand it. Like, ah, I'm yeah. paying twenty five cents for this issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to, if you want to take, uh, you know, if you want to tell a two uh, two issue story over the course of four issues, well, if you only charge me twenty five cents an issue, I'm not right. going to complain that much. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Again, you're charging me three, four, five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You then now you want to tell a two. St- Two issue story over the course of four or five issues. Now I'm pissed. Yeah. Now I'm pissed because mm-hmm. I'm spending a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, both Marvel and DC have a have it. They got a challenge on their hands as far as the price of their comics. Yeah. The definitely. cost that it takes to make these comics and what kind of mm-hmm. profit margin they can get. Right. They, you know they internally know what type of profit margin they want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so we don't know that we're not yeah. privy to that information, but mm-hmm. we know there is a there is a profit margin that they are targeting. Yeah. Um, there are several things they could do to try to combat the price and the cost. Mm-hmm. I think one thing they could do is mm-hmm. don't publish as many print titles. Yes. Don't publish as many print titles. You don't need to have as mm-hmm. many titles as they have on the market right now. They just, they don't need, they're not, yeah. Marvel and DC combined don't need to be putting out almost a hundred titles a month. No. They just it, don't. If Marvel really wanted to do something with a fresh start, they would have cut their line in half. Yes. Maybe even three quarters, and just built from there as and to what do we need right. to have? Right. Yes. Right. Uh, they just you publish way too many, and that yes. drives up the cost. Oh yeah. And that drives up the price you've got to charge mm-hmm. to cover those costs. Yeah. And still make a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that's supply without the demand. Exactly. Which is the basic point of capitalist economics. Exactly. Yeah. So they need to cut it back to the to the core titles, and then grow. Grow slowly. Yes. Based on demand from there. Mm-hmm. That's how you you optimize your your, your profit margin. Right. One of my favorite um, little random aside stories is when Jim Shooter revealed the plans that Marvel had when they were about to buy DC back mm-hmm. in the seventies. Yeah. Think. Right. And of course, antitrust lawsuits yeah, going right. on kept that from happening. Yep. But he revealed the basic. The basic plan, what they were going to do, there were seven titles. Mm-hmm. Superman, mm-hmm. Batman, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. The Flash, mm-hmm. Justice League, and the Teen Titans. And that's it. And that was it. Perfect. Build from there. Yeah. Based on demand, build from there. Exactly. They're not doing that. They're doing the exact opposite. No. The Marvel They're should do that. flooding the market with those comics. They should do that to themselves. I agree. I totally agree. No. Uh, the... Another way to to address this issue would be to possibly do more digital comics than you do print comics. Right. Mm-hmm. Print comics obviously cost more. I mean, you have yes. to pay for the writer of and, course, the and the artist, artist yeah. and the colorist and the letterer, mm-hmm. the editor, but you don't have to actually print a physical copy. Yes. You can save some money. So how about on these titles that you know and they have to know are never going to sell well? Captain right. Marvel, Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. Squirrel Girl. The young animal, it goes on. The young animal, whatever. Blue Beetle, yeah. Both sides have both. Both companies got these definitely. Rather than putting them out in print, why don't you just make them digital only? Yeah. Enough people nowadays read digital comics. I do believe that. Yeah, I do. Especially if you're talking uh, Generation Z. Yeah. Now remember your core demographic: males between 13 and 30. Mm -hmm. Well, the lower end of that demographic. 
is all into those digital. are all Generation Z. Yeah, that's Generation Z. The thirteen, that's Generation Z. Mm-hmm. They're I can tell you, my two boys. Yeah, they're all into reading digitally. Oh yeah, uh, not to say that they won't read a physical book. Obviously, sure. they will, but they're all about the digital. They're mm-hmm. fine with reading a comic on an iPad. Yeah, or a computer. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Yeah, uh, and as iPads become more commonplace, mm-hmm. which they are. I mean, yeah. I know both my boys, uh, their school has iPads. Uh, the school hands them out to all the students. Yeah, at um, least a tablet of some sort. Yeah, that. Yeah, as tablets become so commonplace, mm-hmm. uh, then reading comics just makes more, sense. makes more sense. And let yeah. me tell you what. I mean, I have an iPad Pro. Right. And it's the big mamma jamma twelve inch one. Yes, and, it is. <laughs> oh my god, reading comics on it, Stephen. It's like reading an absolute edition mm-hmm. of every comic. It is so <laughs> vastly superior to reading a print comic. I can't even tell you. Yeah. It is, and that's the other thing people don't realize: the print comic does not offer a superior reading experience. It does not. Right. I'm telling you, on a nice tablet. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, admittedly, not everyone's going to have the twelve inch iPad Pro. Of course, I got that. Yeah, but I've read them on the ten inch. Mm-hmm. iPad Pro. Yeah. And they are, that is the same size as a print comic. I mean, I think a print comic is about 10 inches. Right. Roughly around there. Mm-hmm. Everything about reading a digital comic on a tablet, from the colors to the Christmas, they just look fantastic, Stephen. So you're not, you're not seeding a superior reading experience by going digital. You just don't. Right. I mean, I don't know how enjoyable reading them on a computer is but i would imagine if you have a nice enough uh, monitor a large mm-hmm. enough monitor that that would be enjoyable as yeah. well so and i think since generation z is so programmed to consume i mean I just look at my two boys they're so programmed steven to just everything is consumed right. digitally i mean that just that is just a, they don't even know what a newspaper is they don't even know what a magazine is <laughs> i mean at all if you showed them a newspaper they'd probably like what's that yeah you know, mm-hmm. um, magazines, what, what? That mm-hmm. just doesn't register. So I don't think that you need, I just think more digital titles. And, right. and, and maybe to go, to dovetail in with what you were saying on how you pair back to your to your core titles to print. Right. Then maybe you, so you pair back to your, whatever, your 15 top titles to print. Right. And then the remainder of them, you do digital only. and and t- And approach that route, what do you think? I think that's a good idea. I mean, there'll always be people who, well, I want to I want to feel it in my ha- in my hands or right. something. I mean, I'm kind of one of those people like okay. I can I can read stuff on the tablet, but for me like at least when I have like collections, I like having them right in my hand, like I, all together. I do love me a hardcover right now, Stephen. You know yes, that. <laughs> oh, I know you do. <laughs> but like reading issue to issue, it's 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 much well, easier. Couldn't you do mm-hmm. d- d- if you went to more digital comics? Couldn't you then come out after uh, a certain amount of time has passed? You you come out with a bound collection of yeah. that digital comic. Oh yeah, definitely. Which uh, you know would be another way to make money without having so much cost. Yeah, definitely. And it's you know, and you could package that as the oh, you know, this is the the big debut of this character or something like that, right. even though it's been running, right. people will see it in stores and mm. say, huh, okay, well, maybe I'll look at that. Or I'll maybe get that train won't. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Agreed. What about the idea of using cheaper paper and covers to make your print comics more affordable? Right now, mm. American comics, if you compare American comics to Japanese, right, uh, 
manga traditionally has used very cheap paper, mm-hmm. uh, very cheap covers. Yeah. And, um, I mean, geez, the comics are in black and white, Stephen. They don't even bother with, the, with yeah. coloring their comics. Exactly. Um, they may cover, like, the title and maybe, like, mm-hmm. the, the first page or two is colored. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's black and white, yeah. and it's on very cheap paper. It, what do you think about the idea? I don't know if you could... I, I think um, the, uh, uh, the American comic uh, reader is so... in is It's our comics are so entrenched with having them in color that I don't think you could backwalk that into black and white. Oh, that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't recommend doing that either. Okay. So you put, definitely not. No. Do you think American readers though would be open to the idea of having cheaper paper for their cuts? Because our paper is far higher. I mean, far higher quality than what you'd see on a Japanese comic. Not even close. Right. Um, I don't mean to belittle the intelligence of the American comic book reader, yeah. but I honestly think if you handed them a copy of Full Metal Alchemist, yes, and then handed them a comic book, yes, that they would notice the difference. Right. They would be they would notice the the shift of left to right, they would notice right. the lack of color. Yes. I don't think they would notice the paper. I agree. I agree with you. I agree. I mean, if uh, anybody who collects comics, if you if you have some comics from the fifties or sixties or seventies, even into the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, the paper was a lot cheaper. Yeah, um, and I didn't think it was a deal breaker. I no. go back and read an old comic now. Look at some of my old comics in my collection. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't go. Oh, oh yeah. God, this paper! Like, how did I ever read this? Yeah, like, like clearly I, it's inferior paper, without a doubt. Right. I got that, mm-hmm. but I don't. I think you could switch to a cheaper paper. I think, mm-hmm. I think, comic book readers would be far happier to take cheaper paper for it meant I'm spending uh, two bucks less on the comics. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I wouldn't want to scale back on the covers per so, se. Oh, you wouldn't do that, okay? All right, because I mean, you know, that was the old way of doing it. You walked right. past, you saw a cover that looked super cool right. and super awesome, and mm-hmm. you picked it up. That's why, you know, so many people like parodying like classic like Frank Miller covers yes. or um, like that guy I showed you, uh, the Rusty Shackles, he does the video game versions yes. of those covers. Yes. It's so cool because right. the original versions are so awesome to look at that that would be enough to catch your eye. I do think I do think comics need the good covers. Okay. For sure. Fair enough. Now maybe they need to up the the wow factor of right. the covers, but you know okay. that's you know that's 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 for them to decide. <laughs> right. What about uh, cutting out the middleman? Uh, right now, uh, Marvel mm-hmm. and DC rely on Diamond Comics to distribute their print comics. Mm-hmm. They rely on Comicsology to distribute their right. digital comics. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason why DC and Warner Brothers could not do that themselves? Um. No, and th- this kind of comes to the point where this falls under the Disney Warner Brothers blaming thing. Other than being involved in the business that they own and saying, you know, this doesn't sell, why are we publishing it or whatnot? Um, they could definitely set up their own thing. That's why, I mean, Disney setting up their own streaming service, for God's sake. Right. They could afford right. to make their own digital uh, service, digital I, publishing service. That's what gets me is Disney. Right. M- M- Warner Brothers, no doubt. I mean, Clearly yeah. could do it, yeah. but Disney even more so because yeah. Disney being a larger company, oh yeah, and being far, way tighter controlled than mm-hmm. any company outside of Apple, probably. Right. I mean, Disney controls 
they like to control every single on, on the mm-hmm. on the they call it in in economics the the vertical line. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. They like to control the entire vertical line to the point where they control. Uh, you know, they control the movie studio. Right. They control uh, distributing it. Mm-hmm. They control. Um, you know, on the theme parks, they control the theme parks. They control the merchandise. Right. They control the Disney stores in your local mall mm-hmm. that sell their merchandise. Yep. They control, they're going to control the streaming app that delivers their content to your Apple TV or to your tablet or your phone. Okay. Uh, they like to control every little aspect. I mean, they control the restaurants that make the food. At the theme parks. I mean, right. they control everything all the way down to the littlest things, okay? Even when they lease out stuff, they still, they're still in it. Yes. Like when you told me about the, the Marvel versus Capcom thing. Yes. That's crazy. How much control they exerted yes. over a separate software developer mm-hmm. creating the game. How much control they had, okay? I mean, the fact that they could, the fact that they're, the fact that they control everything. Every single Disney store across the entire country that sells the merchandise shows you that they are going to go to great lengths yes. to control their content. And the fact mm-hmm. that they're going to control their app that streams it. If you're going to do that, if you're going to own your own stores that sell your merchandise across the entire country, and you're going to own your own app that distributes your digital content to mm-hmm. all everyone in the country, the world, right? why wouldn't you do the same with your comics and just have your own digital app? Deliver your own physical comics. I mean, you're delivering your merchandise to all these stores, aren't you? Right. Why couldn't you deliver the comics? <laughs> you're creating an app for all your digital streaming. Why can't you do that for your comics? Right. Cut out the middleman. If you mm-hmm. cut out the middleman, save you can cost. save costs and mm-hmm. lower the price of these comics for us. Yep. I, I, I just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, it, and Warner Bros. could do it, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it just shows... That they don't care about the businesses, this business that they own. Right. They're not publishing companies, so they no. don't care how they things don't. are published. They don't care about the cost. They don't care about the right. price. They really mm-hmm. don't care how many they sell. No, obviously not. Yeah. Warner Brothers, maybe a little more so. But a little bit more. Yeah. Disney, a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, the only other thing I could think of to help with this, uh, with the issue of price, cost, and profit margin would be to. Bring comics back to spinner racks. Yeah. The old spinner rack and the grocery store, at a Walmart, at a mm-hmm. Target, at a 7-Eleven, at yeah. wherever. Yeah. Uh, not, that, don't, don't force people to go to a, I know, you know it's heresy to mention, <laughs> yeah. not, not undying, undying loyalty to local comic shops, uh, you know, in, in that format of selling comics. Right. But honestly, you know, I mean, there are some good local comic shops and there are a whole bunch of crappy ones that are gross that kind of feel like porn stores. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm being generous there, you know? Not yeah. that I would know what a porn store looks like, Stephen. My God. Of course not. No. The uh, spicy Latin section. Yeah! <laughs> it's my favorite section! Uh, it is my favorite section. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, but having comics <laughs> everywhere, ahem, excuse me, uh, having them everywhere and not in a local comic shop, don't you think yeah. that just the, exp- I mean, I, I, I remember, again, because I'm older, uh, I think by the time you were a kid, Steven, and you're buying comics, they, they were in local comic shops only, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Where did you go to buy your comics, by the way? Um, <laughs> we ordered them. <laughs> they were did delivered you, to my house. You yes. mail ordered your comics. Yes. 
oh, we ship them flat. I remember the tagline they said. Gosh, do you even <laughs> see that anymore? You don't even see ads for mail ordering your comics, do you? I mean, that used to be a big thing so. where like they had the checklist in the comic. Yep, and you could right. check off what you wanted in the comic and cut out the page and send it in, right? Yep. And, and they ship them to you flat. I just remember that tagline, we ship them to you flat. I mean, thank you. You don't crumple them up? What? I mean, is that an option? Yeah. I like my, like my comics crumpled, folded in half, and sent to me. What? Of course yeah. you ship them to me flat. What the hell? Why is that a selling point? That should just be a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But, so you got yours mail ordered? Yes, I did. Interesting. Okay. But that's cool because it's a way you don't get them anymore. No, oh, no yeah. That's I mean, some some people do, but most of them don't. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rare. Yeah. You go to the comic shop or you, you get them digitally. Right. Yeah. Uh, I used to go to, uh, there was a local, uh, so Stephen and I grew up in the same area, mm-hmm. um, though me uh, a few uh, decades earlier. Uh, <laughs> same difference, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but uh, but uh, in our area, Stephen, I don't know if you've ever seen them. If you remember mm-hmm. them, they were uh, a small chain of stores, kind of like a 7-Eleven called Teeny Giant. Mm-mm. Okay? Because we had giant... Supermarket in our area, right? Teeny Giant, duh, was like the Southern version of Giant Supermarket. There you wow, go, Teeny Giant. Yeah, and so my <laughs> grandparents, uh, 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 my uh, grandparents lived um, near one. They had one near the neighborhood, and I would walk with them to. They would walk me down to the Teeny Giant and would buy me some now and later's, mm-hmm. some Necco wafers. <laughs> wow, and some Jolly Ranchers. Yes. We still have those. <laughs> and uh, we still have Dower Laters. Do we? Oh, yeah. Go to, go to Five Below, Stephen, and mm-hmm. you will find the widest selection of Now and Laters you could possibly mm. imagine. And now they make them in sour flavor, too. It's phenomenal. It's great. Okay. Oh, you can buy them in bulk at Five and Five Below. <laughs> I love me some Five Below, Stephen. Uh, All right. <laughs> I feel bad for anyone who doesn't have a Five Below near This episode. Sponsored yeah, by. I know, right? <laughs> sponsored by Five Below. Um and now and later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, and they would also buy me a uh, comic or two. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. And it's just, and I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and I'm like six years old at the time, right? Right. And, I mean, it says something back then when a six-year-old could buy a comic and that was suitable for them to read. Right. <laughs> that mm-hmm. an adult could also read. Right. right. Uh, but they were there. It was just an easy way. You didn't have to take me to a local comic shop. It, they were just, they were everywhere. I think you got more kids into comics because, of course, like you're saying, the covers would attract the attention. Yeah. I'm a six-year-old boy. A super, a mainstream superhero comic book is going to, is, is like a laser beam to a six-year-old boy's brain. Right. You're going to walk over there and get it. Definitely. You just are. Mm-hmm. And so you sell more comics. You hook more young boys onto comics earlier, like they did me, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, I don't know if I'd have been into comics as early as I was, or if ever, if I hadn't been exposed to them in that way. Right. Um, hmm. I I just think it's, uh, while we were talking about it, it's important to cut back on how many you publish, it's important where you place the ones that you do publish. Yes. And um, again, uh, you could buy Disney merchandise, Stephen, at uh, Target. Mm-hmm. You yep. can buy Disney merchandise at uh, Walmart. Yep. And you can buy it at Five Below. You can buy... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, boys, you can buy Disney merchandise yeah. all over the place, not just at a Disney store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So why not have your comics yeah. on a spinner rack <laughs> for that little kid walking by who goes, ooh, 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 who yeah. thinks that cover of Black Panther mm-hmm. or that cover of Iron Man looks really cool. Yeah. And wants to get it. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense to me. 
Yeah. And I know for some reason they feel locked into this local comic shop scheme with Diamond Comics, and I just I just don't think I don't think that's that's the best route to take. It's not efficient anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I understand why they did it. Of course. Back in yeah. the day, I get why they did it. Yeah. I lived through it. I understand it. Yeah. I, I just don't think I don't think that's that's the path they should be taking. Yeah, anymore. and one of the like one of the key things of all of these, and like um, talking about the the selling, kind of goes into the next big point, but um, is that the comics industry? Like we talk about this, like we're talking about comic shops, like we're talking about Blockbuster, right? You know, yes. The fact of the matter is that the comics industry cannot afford to just prop up these things right. anymore. Thank you. It's because, like we're talking about, how the the big price point, like, um. Movie tickets can go up mm-hmm. because most people don't go to the movies that often. Right. It's true. And when they do, they know it's going to be a big expense if they're taking the kids right. and they buy popcorn and all that stuff. And even today, people who have movie pass, it's I... not that big of a deal because they pay 10 bucks a month and it's already taken care of. Thank you. Exactly. Um, and, you know, in video, well, video games, those prices are artificially deflated. Yes. Like they're kept low. That's right. Probably t- t- to a detriment. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. You know, so you're paying 60 bucks, you're getting a Far Cry or yes. uh, The Witcher or whatever, and you're guaranteed a certain amount of content. Yeah. And a whatever. lot of gameplay, Steve. Yes. I mean, come on. And like with music, I mean, it varies, but I just bought the last. Uh, uh, three Days Grace album because yes. I'm from the 2000s. There you go. Um, <laughs> and it was it was 12 bucks for 11 songs. That's almost beat for beat, yeah. a dollar per song. Right. Comics, five bucks, almost half an album, half a movie yeah. for. 20 pages. 20 pages. Of a decompressed story. I'm holding, <laughs> I'm holding my fingers up like little minuscule. Yes. That's not. It's not. It's not enough. Uh, no, it doesn't work in the current day and age where no. nine dollars uh, a month gets me all the content on Netflix. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or ten bucks a month, whatever, depending on what whatever what level you get. <laughs> but whatever, yeah, ten bucks a month gets you um, all the music in the world on Apple Music or Spotify. Yep, all the music in the world. Ten oh, bucks yeah. a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten bucks a month gets you all of Netflix's amazing content. Ten yes. bucks a month gets you all of HBO's amazing content mm-hmm. a month. Um, you know, a, a, a dollar, two dollars gets you an app on your iPhone yep. or iPad that will offer you tons and tons of of time, of playability right. time. That's that's why um, I think if if you put them on um, apps, even at a similar price, you know, people are accustomed to paying. Yes. Two dollars for Agreed. whatever. Absolutely. So, is comment okay? Tap, tap. Got it. That's that's part of the you know consumer yes mindset. Is you're more willing to or okay, a subscription whatever. service? Yeah, like Spotify or Apple Music right. does. Why not? Sure. Follow Netflix's template. Mm-hmm. Why not? There's there's no reason not to. Hey, mm-hmm. okay. For example, you could do you could, and you could multiple you could do multiple tiers. You could say, okay, I just want to subscribe to. Um, all like five titles. Mm-hmm. I get the five title or less package. I get yeah. the ten title or less package. I can get um the the um all new comic package. Right, and then I can unlock the entire 
backlog. <laughs> Your entire history of oh, yeah. comics. Mm-hmm. I can I can check that box and just tear it up as you go. Yeah. But it makes more sense than five dollars a comic. It's it's not enough content for what you can buy. The entertainment landscape right. has so drastically shifted from the mm-hmm. 1980s when local comic shops started. Yes. From the entertainment landscape in the 80s is so radically different than it is now. Radically, like I used that. Um, is no so good. He's <laughs> so got his backwards hat on <laughs> while he says that. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, but it's so radically different with digital media. The price point is so different that right. it needs to change. And oh, part yeah. of that is digital comics. Part of that is spinner racks everywhere part of that is the local comic shops part of that is cover price but it all part of that is the middleman it all it all connects right and they have to adapt or die period yeah because mm-hmm. entertainment dollars it's so drastically different now mm-hmm. they have got to adapt continuing to publish as many print titles as they do at the price point of 3 to 4 to 5 dollars a pop right. it's not sustainable no it's not sustainable mm you know, and yeah. how, and, and this plays into our final point, but if you want uh, your core demographic to buy your comics, mm-hmm. they don't have the money. Right. They don't have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially now, so many options available. Like I, like I, I support uh, one person on Patreon, you know, five bucks a month, right. whatnot, but there's that. There's Netflix. There's the Movie Pass that I get. There's um, all like all like paying for my my PlayStation Network. That's yeah. I don't I don't pay per month, but when it comes time to pay, that's fifty dollars. Yeah. Or Xbox Live, whatever Xbox you Live, prefer. whatever you prefer. Yeah. Um, Hulu, um, the Disney service that's coming out. Um, you know, if if you have preferred cable packages or whatever, HBO well, Go, HBO Go. Um, a music streaming service. Yeah, Spotify's or or whatnot. Apple Music. There's so much out there that that calls for YouTube people's Red. money. YouTube Red. That's another one. I mean, it's just it's endless. Yeah, you have to you have to prove that you're worth the money. Yep, and that's what they're not doing. Exactly. At least to the younger generation, they're not. Oh yeah, my I'm, generation. Well, by the time you're my age, you should have the means to probably pay for whatever you want. Oh sure. Okay, so. But you shouldn't be targeting. I'm outside the core demographic. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's right. I'm willing to say. I'm outside the core demographic. I mm-hmm. shouldn't be. I love comics. I shouldn't be your main target. Right. I shouldn't. That's mm-hmm. great. That, again, I'm your second demographic. Yeah. But I'm not your first. <laughs> your first demographic yeah. is 13 to 30. Exactly. I'm in your second one. You need to worry about your first one first. Oh, yeah. yeah. And between 13 and 30, too expensive. Too expensive and too many other options. Yeah, because cheaper. between 13 and 30, well, half of that period is... Probably people who don't have jobs. Yes. And the other half is ones that do, but are not probably not financially stable No. Yet. No, and what limited entertainment money they have is going to go to Netflix or to Apple Music or to yeah. what have you, Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to go there first. Yeah. It just because is. there's so much more. Because you get so much more bang for your buck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, talking about more bang for your buck, if you're digital, maybe you could have more pages. Yes. That's right. That's right. But, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot more flexibility. Yeah. A lot more flexibility. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, we could go on about quality control forever. Yes, it's a lot there. So many problems, yes. especially in this industry. But, yes. you know. 
And part of that is, I do believe, is that uh, the parent companies just don't give a damn. No, about, they don't. About Not DC publishing one. and Marvel publishing. They just don't no. give a crap about it. No, I mean, um, Warner Brothers probably cares a little more because it's under DC Entertainment, and yep. the head of DC Entertainment is a comic book writer. Yes, right. But if it was still whoever it was before, they wouldn't care. Nope, nope. Not really. Uh, the last point, Stephen, is we've touched on it. We've danced around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's important enough to be its own point. And the last point would be failure to market to kids. Yes. This is a real critical failing of, of Marvel and DC currently. Yes. They, are, they, they target a far too mature of an audience mm-hmm. with their themes and their messages and what they want to say. Yeah. And, it, it, and one reason why I like not focusing on social statements and politics and things of that nature mm-hmm. and focusing only on adventure and action and fun and entertainment mm-hmm. is because action, adventure, fun, entertainment is all ages. Yes. It is all ages. Mm-hmm. When you veer into politics and social issues, you yeah. tend to veer into more adult issues. Yes. And as a parent, I can tell you, you know, people that don't have kids, you don't understand. And I right. hated being told this when I didn't have kids, but mm-hmm. you don't understand. And I didn't understand. Right. It's something you have to go through to be when you become a parent. It's it is no joke, the <laughs> most life changing moment you will ever have. It just it just is. Yeah. It just, it really is. Not marriage. Marriage isn't that life changing. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. I mean, you can live with a woman without getting married to her. It's sure. the same thing as being married to her. I mean, it really isn't. I hate to say it, but I mean, I lived with my wife before we got married. Right. And uh, it felt the same as it did after we got married. There was right. no difference. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, we loved each other and we lived with each other. Sure. It didn't change. Having kids, go. it radically changes. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, um, there are their parents simply are not going to let their children read certain comics. Right. Period. If they touch on certain things, I'm not giving my six year old a comic that deals with drug use. It's not going to right. happen, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. I might read a comic about drug, and I love Roy Harper's character, and I think some of the stories they've done with him sure. dealing with drug use have been fantastic. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I'm not giving that to my six year old. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like my sexy women. I do. You I don't do. mind a comic that has some uh, sexiness to it. Sure. Uh, I'm not giving that to my child. I'm not giving that to my six-year-old. Right. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inappropriate at that age. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I, d- I don't mind uh, b- comics that deal with um, uh, certain adult uh, topics, mm-hmm. adult lifestyles, yeah. and things of that nature because uh, I'm an adult. Right. I'm not giving that to my six-year-old. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. And uh, over-the-top gore and violence, I'm okay with it, sure. given the right time and the right title and the right characters. Right. I'm cool with it. I'm not giving that to my six-year-old. Right. Just not. No. So So much of what DC and Marvel does mm-hmm. is not targeting kids. Yes, and that's where we can finally have- extend the, the dislike to DC as well, yeah. because, I mean, this was especially during the New 52. You can't have right. a Batman title with no. the Joker slicing off his face. No. That is utterly ridiculous. And, and, it's, and you have to have Batman. There are certain titles that you have to be able to give to a kid because they are yeah. gateway titles. Mm-hmm. And I am sorry to adult readers, right. to 40-year-old readers, to mm-hmm. 30-year-old readers. Batman right. is a gateway title. Right. Certain care For DC, it would be mm-hmm. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman yeah. Green Lantern, Flash, 
those are gateway titles. Teen Titans. And Teen Titans. Yeah. And Justice League. And Justice League. Those are gateway titles. They all have to be accessible by any reader. Mm-hmm. Marvel has their own yeah. as well. Okay? So, oh, yeah. Uh, no Spider-Man, doubt. Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Captain Avengers, America. The Avengers. Um, Thor. Hulk, Iron Man. Those should be right. able to be picked up by any reader. Yeah. And both companies have failed in that. Yes. And... And even fail, even when it's good, yes, it it can be a failure in this regard because um, a lot of Batman stuff. Morrison's Batman is not accessible to kids, not even remote. And I and everybody knows if and you've been a long time follow the Revolution mm-hmm. and read all my reviews of Grant Morrison's Batman run, yeah. which I reviewed every damn issue yes, in great you detail. Did. <laughs> I loved it. I I love Grant Morrison. I loved his run on Batman. Mm-hmm. Utterly, utterly useless for a child. Oh, yeah. Completely useless. No child would ever read it and enjoy it. No, definitely not. They wouldn't understand it. Nope. You know? I mean, hell, some adults didn't I know, thank it. you, exactly. <laughs> I mean, geez, it took me like three or four readings to yeah. discern all the plot points and what he was trying to tell us. Yeah, and um, and so that, because like, I remember New 52, like, I really liked Brian Azarello's Wonder Woman. I would not have given that to a child because that was very, no. very violent. More right. more adult and more violent. Now it was good, but mm-hmm. it wasn't for children. Right. And out of you know, out of the big seven, having one or two that doesn't specifically talk to kids, fine. That's still five. Right. Five out of seven is a better percentage than yes. not. Yes. However, there needs to be five out of seven yes. that are still geared towards children. And, and, and when we're saying geared by to children, we're not saying kitty titles. Kitty, no, not kitty. I remember reading, as a kid, I remember reading. I, I read Mar- Marvel Comics, I guess to, those are the first ones I read. Right. Um, I distinctly remember the f- first three comics I ever bought. I remember distinctly at the Teeny Giant, Stephen, it was an mm-hmm. issue of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. It was an issue of Black Panther. And it was the issue of Black Lightning. Right. That was my first DC title, Black Lightning. Black Lightning number two. Um, wow. So, but uh, I read more Marvel initially. I'd say my first year or two into comics. Mm-hmm. And then after my first year or two of reading, I, it was equal Marvel and DC. Right. Um, but I could read an issue of Fantastic Four. And it wasn't Kitty Comic. No. But it was clearly something a kid could read. You might not pick up on everything. Sure. But you're picking up on 90% of it. Because the focus was just action and adventure. Yes. Okay? Now, there might be some, you know, a little bit of storyline between Reed and Sue that I probably didn't pick up on because I was six years old. Right. And I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But very minor points. Very minor points. Right. And it's not like we can say, oh, well, you know, entertainment has just evolved into that way. No, because you know no. what I watched when I was a kid? Well, first of all, I watched all the like the little cartoon block on Cartoon Network. Sure. Like Curse the Cowardly Dog and yes. Power Girls. Stuff like that. And not only were they like riffs on certain like movie genres, right. but they there was some stuff going on there that Oh yeah. When you go back as an adult, yeah, you know you get it. Like SpongeBob, yeah, oh yeah, is definitely like oh, that. Absolutely, stuff because I, I remember new stuff every day. It's like, yeah. oh, that, that was, 
how did I not see that when I was a kid? Oh, wait, of course, because I was a kid. Right. They had stuff for me. Right. They had stuff for adults. Yeah. But it all worked together. Right. And that's what made it so... Right. You know, that's what I mean, makes it, that's what increases the longevity. I, I think Disney you know? it does an excellent job of that with their yeah. animated movies. Mm-hmm. Their oh, animated definitely. movies um, are totally kid friendly, but there's plenty in those movies, all their animated movies, and I'm including Pixar. Right. Their animated movies, oh, yeah. traditional Disney animation and Pixar. There's plenty in there for the adults. Yes. So you can make something that is kid friendly, that is totally enjoyable for, by adults, mm-hmm. that is not kiddie. Yes, and I'm and and I think we're seeing DC start to do a lot more of that. Yes, now, now, not no, during the New yeah. Fifty Two. No. It was a horrendous mess. It was nothing. Yeah. I couldn't give anything from the New Fifty Two to a kid. Yeah, not to my boys at least. No, um, not at all. Nothing from the New Fifty Two. That was all adult, 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 all across the board. Adult. Yeah, um, and uh, but I think now, if you people are wondering what an example would be now, I, for example, Josh Williamson's The Flash is a good example. Yeah, Tomasi Superman. Tomasi Superman, another good example. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could count what James Robinson's been doing with Wonder Woman. Yes, that's yeah. another good example. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think all the new age um, of hero yes. titles, mm-hmm. the Terrifics, and, oh, side, yeah. and Sideways, mm-hmm. and The Silencer. And, uh, maybe and, not The and, Silencer. Eh, maybe not The Silencer. Damage. A little, damage, definitely. Yeah, damage. Yeah. Um, they all, they're all fit that mm-hmm. bill. So I... I it can be done. Mm-hmm. Still be very enjoyable for adult readers. Right. Very enjoyable. Yet be kid friendly. Yeah. And that that's how you grow your market. Because right now the average age of comic book reader keeps going up and up and up and yeah. up. That's a problem. And skin can't afford it's a to and this is something I square because I think we discussed it on, on our lost episode mm-hmm. last week. Yes, our about lost, our how, lost podcast. You know, it, Yes, there is a there is a bias against comic books and culture. We get that. Yes. If there is any company in the world that can change the perception of comic books, it's Disney. Agreed. Totally agree. And Disney, like they're making all these Avengers-themed whatevers. So you cannot tell me, and this, I mean, we're going directly to the source at their parks, but this could be anywhere. Disney has a cool Iron Man ride. A kid gets off of the Iron Man ride. And looks directly ahead of him, and there's Iron Man toy, Iron Man the movie three disc collection, mm-hmm. Iron Man comic book, like maybe a collection, you know, or whatnot. Yeah, he's gonna say or she, I want that. I want it. Yep. And if your parents can afford to take you to Disneyland or Disney World, they You're, can afford yeah. to get that yes. crap. That's true. That is the absolute <laughs> truth. Yes, that is true. And dis and Disney and and Warner Brothers too, but Disney has like the massive apparatus. Oh, absolutely. Like Disney for some reason has chosen to not maximize the potential um profit they can get from no. Marvel comics no steven they still give their disney classic characters and their pixar characters to, to other publishers yeah, to which IDW. freaking blows my Crazy. mind makes no sense yeah and it's not that they're non-superhero characters because they give marvel star wars which yeah. is a non-superhero franchise so That's that right. blows that defense that idea away. out of the water yeah. yeah and like and you know Warner. i mean to be to be fair to dc they've they have they have initiatives they're trying 
to reach kids. I don't yep. know how they're going to get it to them. Maybe book fairs and stuff like Maybe. that. Maybe. I don't know. Which, I mean, could work. I got turned on to a lot of stuff at book fairs when I was young, but I don't know how prevalent those are in schools anymore. No. So, I mean, it's like, okay, they're trying. And most of their most right. of their comics, that, that this new initiative they have mm-hmm. to target younger readers, are really targeting really targeting. Younger, younger female yes. readers, not mm-hmm. younger male readers. Right. Which, I mean, you know, li- once again, limiting the base, but, right. you know, they're, they're trying they something. Are. That's true. Uh, Disney d- doesn't care. No, definitely not. Which, for a company that, you know... Is so kid-friendly. So, not, not just so kid-friendly, but so profit-focused. Like, they want everything. Yep. Except for the comics. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. It's like, okay, I know you have the pro- the IP farm, but you paid for the farm. How about you put out some quality farm stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Um, it's because I just, that just blows my mind. I know. And that's something I think you can definitely just, just blame on them. They yep. should be up there saying, hey, what do you got? We need stuff to put here. Because we need stuff to target kids. We want to yeah. get more kids reading comics, period. Exactly. We That's, don't. The mm-hmm. editors should be telling all their writers this. Yeah. Your primary focus is mm-hmm. let's get more kids reading. Right. Hey, and nice that, story. Can exactly. I give this to a 10 year old? Right. No. Let's go back and rewrite it. You're not yeah. writing um, The Punisher, you're writing Superman. Let's go back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not. It doesn't have to be like if they have like four batman titles one can afford to not be yes for kids one is the adult one yes for how for everything else you know try to get it into a kid's hands yep. or something try that's, to make it all ages friendly that's um, the future that's that's the lifeline that's, that's how, how you, you keep the lifeline grow going. the it, that's not that's not how you save the industry because sooner or later, the people reading comics right now are going to die. Like <laughs> exactly. it's just it's, it's just, just a fact, a of, fact life. of life. If there isn't someone there to replace them, the industry collapses. Thank you. That's right. It's basic facts. Yep. That's why you know, like you keep you talk about the WWE. Like the WWE appeals to their base and appeals hard because there are going to be people behind the ones that are currently watching, that are going to come up, yes. think it's the coolest thing in the world, yep. and keep giving them money. That's right. And that's, for a business, that is what is the most important. And if and you want to have your little like side agenda and stuff, you know, then why don't you target kids while they're still malleable? Right. You know, well, to it, be, not, and not like, you know, agendas, but to be kind to people, to see other people right. that aren't like them. Like, you aim it at kids, Kids, you know, kids don't have the prejudices and the cynicism that we have. Like, they're still That's kids. why I like characters like Superman. Exactly. That's why Superman's so popular with kids. Yes. The, naivete, the naivety of a child is what makes Superman Appeals so appealing. to Superman. That's why Thank I you. love Superman as a kid. That's why I love him now, you right. know, but... Um, what gets me is Disney, yeah. they know... Yes. Their whole lifeline... Is children. Is children. The reason why they keep... <laughs> their target is kids for their movies and their... Mm-hmm. That's their, their theme parks. Everything is driven on. We're gonna make you a Disney fan as a child. Yeah. So you get hooked on Disney. So as an mm-hmm. adult, you come back to Disney World. Yep. And you, and bring, you bring your, your kids. kids. And yep. then when your kids are grown as an adult, you still come back yep. and you bring your grandkids. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. So it blows my mind that Disney, who has perfected that yeah. blueprint <laughs> yeah. of targeting children, perfected it. <laughs> Can't seem to get Marvel Comics to do the same thing. Uh, Mind-blowing. Yeah. Apathy. Anyway. Apathy kills. Yep. 
All right, Stephen. Well, those are our. This is our conclusion. This is how we decide some things that Marvel and DC can do to try to turn the tide. Yeah. I don't know if they will. Probably not. But they need to. Right. They need to if they want to have a viable industry in the next twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. I do have a little bit of hope for DC. Yeah. Because they seem to be doing some, not right. all, not all, and I don't want to look at all, all, but they right. seem to be doing more mm-hmm. than Marvel is. Yes. More than Marvel. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, we'll see. It's going to be really interesting as we, as, as, as we march on, you know, yeah. as we keep examining the sales charts and as mm-hmm. we keep seeing things go down, 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 and down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, and I mean... And you know, and I don't want to put the blame solely on them because, as fans, it is up to us to not look like total assholes. Yep. With our stuff. Yes. And we have failed to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe try cleaning up the act a little bit. Yes. It's it's yes. already hard to sell us to like for me to go up to my friend and say, hey. Batman, I want you to read it without saying, ugh, a comic book. Ugh, yeah. But if he looks around on the internet mm-hmm. and sees comment sections on websites, you know what they see? Yeah. Assholes. Yeah, a lot of crazy. Lots of crazy. Yeah. And this is, when we talk about the comics industry can't afford something, we can't afford this. Yeah, comic fans need to present a better image yes, of themselves. Exactly. It, it's so much easier to, yeah. to to sell a to sell just an independent title because I know my friend will like yeah. Watchmen or 100 right. Bullets or something like that right. because it gears more towards them, but yep. you know, or or ease, it, you know, movies they can take that yep. because movies make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Video games they have some of the most toxic fan bases in the world, but you know what? GTA Five has sold eighty-five million copies. Right, that's a lot of money. Yep, they can survive. Yep, we can't. That's right. I agree. And the only thing we can have is that the hardcore scene kids are still worse than we are. Yep. So you're right. You you can take that to the bank, comic book fans. But yeah. how about we we clean it up a little bit? We do it. We do. We do. Uh. We do. Uh. We do own a little bit of that as well. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So that's that's our honorable point. <laughs> Perfect. There you go, my friend. All right. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back uh, to uh, hit a uh, a whole collection of comics to review. That's right. Uh, but until then, my friend, viva la revolucion.